Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We are live in the Academy Star Trek podcast. We are going to discuss the card because, man, it is Wait, all what? about the card. The last two episodes of the card, episodes nine and ten, which are I, I got to go watch. Sorry, I haven't watched them yet. You, you haven't watched it yet? No, Jesus, I'm teasing. Get the hell out of here, man! <laughs> John over here ribbing me, but we're going to discuss probably uh, to me the two best episodes of Star Trek done so well. It done so well, and, and once again, I am not alone. That was John ribbing me, but I'm joined by the man who just loves Worf to death, the man who loves all that New Japan Pro Wrestling bullshit, and which I can't get into it. The man who you will find him doing, uh, oh god, where he's got to do SmackDown. God bless him, John Enright. John, what's going on, buddy? Hey, my friend, uh, I'm well. The I look, I. Trying to follow New Japan sometimes is like trying to follow a cat. Um, you just don't know where it's going to go sometimes. Um, but hey, Lance Archer beat Fred Rosser to make his way into the United States Championship Tournament. Uh, then he was in England this weekend, and he wrestled in a four-way finale for a championship there, which Will Ospreay won, but he did get his revenge. And he choke slammed the hell out of Will Ospreay. So, yeah. Because um, Ospreay still has to... <clears throat> wrestle Tanahashi to see who's going to wrestle Lance. And so uh, that should be exciting to see um, for, for that. I think it's in, this, it's in May sometime that Osprey and Tanahashi are wrestling over here in the States. Mm-hmm. And the winner of that match faces Lance in Japan, who will then in turn face Kenny at Forbidden Door for the U.S. title. Kenny! So, Kenny! You know, so uh, I'm excited for what they're allowing Lance to do. That'll be fun. Um, so yeah, and so who doesn't want to see that uh, happen? Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, things are super good. It is uh, today is denim day, so I wore my denim. Oh, uh, right here, there, I wore my black denim today. Very nice. But denim day is the last event that will happen for Social Salt Awareness Month because uh, actually, hold on for a second. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Triple D is taking off his headphones. Ooh, and now he's walking away. And he is making his way, I'm going to say, to the bedroom, to the boudoir. Oh, he's getting his denim. He's got his, is that it? Yeah, he's got his denim shirt. Denim shirt. Boom, denim, baby. There it is. Now, even I'm rocking denim here. And as you can see, um, the the denim is is a little tight on me. It's it's okay. As long as you do it. But that that brings up a really good point, because the reason why we wear denim is because in 1999, the Italian high court overturned a uh, rape conviction because because the 18-year-old student who was with a 45-year-old driving instructor, the instructor took her to some place that was secluded, 
and then um, proceeded to rape her. But in the process, it was determined that her pants, her jeans were on tight and she had to help get them off. So the Italian high courts considered that consent and overturned the conviction. So for the next week after that, every woman who worked in that courthouse wore denim to show that, hey, we don't blame victims. That that doesn't make it right. That That's OK. So uh, so denim day has become a thing every at the last Wednesday of every sexual assault awareness month. Um, and it started officially in 2002. So the next week in 1999, it happened, but officially became an event uh, in 2001. Uh, and from that point forward, and and so now Dinner Day is something that happens to raise awareness and say it's okay. Like no piece of clothing should determine that you get raped, exactly. you know, because of what you wear. Um, so even though you're wearing that nice snug denim shirt there and looking all swollen buff, doesn't mean anybody can just come up and rape you. Triple D, exactly. So. Um, exactly. But but. You know that's that's the important part of this day and why we wear denim and, and the purpose behind it. It's also fun just to wear, you know, if you have a job like mine where you can wear jeans so often, but you have a day where you can do it because it's the middle of the week. Why exactly, and, you know? and I'll say this: anybody, any male or female that thinks like that, that you have the right just to go and just to do what you want because of the, some of the clothing that they're wearing, really, just guys, just. Get some help. Yeah. <laughs> really, you need some help. Yeah. If you think like that, because it's just fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. Terrible. Agreed. You know, I mean, so that that is that. So, uh, you know, it's been a busy month for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, tomorrow, with my kids to help them understand consent, um, my fingernails are going to get painted. Each kid will get to pick <laughs> a finger, and they'll get to pick a color. But they can't just paint my fingernails. They'll have to ask if the color or whatever, if I want to do it. And I, I see. Can- I could be in the middle of them painting and almost done and say, you know what? I changed my mind. I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I've done it before. And Peter. it's a good, it's a good activity to help Peter. them understand consent and, um, and all that kind of stuff. Cause we had a more of a lesson based, our sexual assault advocate came Monday to talk to the kids. And so normally Mondays are our chill days. Um, so we're going to make Thursday our chill day. Cause uh, that'll be at the end of, they've been testing this week, the stupid star test. Uh, that Texas does the standardized test for learning, um, which they do for some stupid reason. And so um, they'll probably be wrapping that up. So it'll be fun to kind of have a good chill day after that week of testing. Yeah. And so we're going to do something fun like that and let them paint my nails. And so you might see pictures of me <laughs> and having a rainbow, a myriad of colors on my fingers. Yeah, yeah. That's I- fine. I'm going to do it. It's fun. <laughs> John, you are more you are more of a man than me to get your fingernails painted. That's all I gotta say, brother. Look, hey, look, hey, look. All I, all I gotta say is, look, it, it's not like. Do I want to go get a mani pedi? Yes, but I'll do this instead, and then maybe I'll do a mani pedi litter, and I'll just go to Weatherford College because here in town they have a salon, yeah. and you can do a mani pedi for like seven bucks. God bless Texas, man. Yeah, look, look, it's <laughs> awesome. I have no problems with that whatsoever. So, um, I have no, but so yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how I've been. Um, so yeah, that's, that's been my week. And what about you, sir? How, how have you been? I've been good. I'm, uh, I've officially been cut loose from the Federation penal colony. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm officially cut loose. I can do what I want. No Viridian patch. Yes. No Viridian patch. 
that's gone. So I've been back to work for the last two weeks. And there's a part of me saying, man, I should have kept the video patch on. <laughs> it's been, it's been a little, it's been kind of crazy trying to get things back in order, you know, mm-hmm. considering the fact that, so my sister has me in charge of like basically muffins, half moons, like production, that kind of stuff. So, but I've also been up front too. And, you know, it's been nice to talk to the customers and see, you know, how they're doing and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, so, I mean, that just means you have the early wake up calls again. Right. Yeah, you know, it hasn't, it hasn't been that too bad. I've been getting yeah. up at 6 a.m., so it's not that Oh, bad. so mm, we're sleeping in a little bit. Sleeping right. in a little bit. I've been getting up at 3.30 or 4 a.m. Oh, well. Yeah, no. Living that, that boss be, life. Yeah, that won't be, uh, that won't, won't be until I got to start making donuts again. Then I'll be up that early. Yeah. <laughs> time for the donuts. Yeah, That's... time to make the donuts, literally. I'll be yeah. up. And yeah. Ben Hameen, and Ben Hameen will be posting stuff saying, this 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 guy getting up at four a.m. to go to go get some donuts. Yeah, look, you, you got to do what you got to do. Also, uh, too, John, this weekend is yeah. the Road to Immortality, the Immortal Wrestling Show, will be held here in Rome, where we're going to have a battle royal to determine the new Immortal Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. Elbow, 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 elbow. Forearm, 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 forearm. Elbow, elbow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> guys, if you guys don't get it, that's that, that, that's a classic bit from. Uh, something to wrestle with 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 Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson, where yeah. Conrad would always be like, "Bell roll, forearm, elbow, forearm." Which elbow. he got that from like Lou Gallows, who I think was explaining. Yeah, like, yeah, and Lou, Lou Gallows originally did that. Yeah, on his podcast, which was what, um, like to somebody the worst, the worst had, podcast ever. Yeah, oh yeah, they've yeah. had a couple. Him yeah, and- guy was. Just the guy's just ribbing the business off. Yeah. So we're gonna have it, and in that battle royal is. Ben Hameen will be in that battle royal. Yeah. You mean Crossfire Canadian Champion Ben? Yes, Hameen? Crossfire Canadian Wrestling Champion. Congratulations to Ayatollah for winning the championship. Which right. He said he was going to do anyways, and he also slapped two people too. He got twenty dollars Canadian that did that. that what? Along with his envelope and selling shit at the merch table. Right. Dude, he's over. He's over like Rover, man. He as as the old saying goes, I guess not since he's got the belt now. I I guess he can't do character anymore. I guess he needs the belt to help him right, out. Right, right, yeah. I keep oh my God. To come I'm down here, dude. I would love to see him down here. Like, dude, I swear to God, if if someone clips that and sends that to him, me saying that he's gonna beat the shit out of me. <laughs> but no, clip but it, so yeah, clip so, it, so, clip yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's gonna beat the shit. So yeah, so I guess um, so so we're doing the battle royal. Also, too, we're going to have a woman's the Kayla Sparks is going to defend her championship against uh, Evie De La Rosa, who's a very prominent female here in the, in the Northeast. So that should be a good, pretty good match. But I'm looking forward to the Battle Royal. You mm. know, uh, you know, I, it's 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 anyone's Battle Royal on on who's going to win it. So and this is your first show back, right? This will be my first show back. Yes, it will. I'll be doing commentary, at the commentary table. Hmm. Your boy's back doing commentary. Hey, did y'all figure out if y'all gonna do like fighter title match yet? Have y'all figured that out? Which one? If y'all were gonna like try to stream on t- fighter title match, you know, sure. I talked to Mike about that, and you know, we gotta work on that. I don't know. He's uh, sometimes with Mike, you know, he's he gets like in like he gets like tunnel vision, and he does, hmm. so 
you know, I got to talk to, um, I got to talk to the boys about that. There's, there's one guy that helps out a lot too. He's another agent with me named, um, uh, uh, Chip Stenson, who great Northeast wrestler had some great battles with the great, um, Brody Lee. Mm. And, you know, it was really close to him and to everything. And plus two, he's really good friends with, you know, a lot of guys in AEW and his son, Shane is actually, wrestled on dark a few times as well so okay and you know chip knows a lot of the guys like the fight and title match stuff so 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 when i when i get back we're gonna sit down and sit down with chip like chip how do we you know we gotta get going with fight here you know we gotta get it down here because we're having good matches we're doing good business you know let's you know yeah. let's do this well and i mean hey if it's an opportunity to watch you on tv doing commentary I'm down for My it. My commentary is rotten, man. <laughs> it's rotten. Hey, because if nothing else, I want to hear you shout out me and the Academy. You oh, know? I'll, I'll shout out. Yeah, if we're live, yeah. I'll shout out the Academy. Yeah. Yeah, so. obviously. Obviously, I was going to get my shit in. I got to yeah. get my shit in. So Yeah, that would be great. But, yeah, uh, yeah no. So, yeah. So, it's uh, Road to Mortality. Then in June, we're going to be probably back in the area, maybe Rome, Westmoreland. And, uh, yeah. Ooh. Well, if the, you figure the out the dates in June, yeah. let me know. Maybe I'll coordinate my trip to exactly, come in, exactly. and then we can all hang out and we can do Star Trek and wrestling. And perfect. That would yeah. Be... So we've got um, we're bringing in um, in June, bringing in probably to me one of the top female wrestlers in the Northeast, in uh, Becca. You know, guys, check her out. And then in July, we're bringing in somebody else. Who I think is Tiffany Stratton like? She's like just she reminds me a lot of Tiffany Stratton. Mm. Mickey Duke, mm. platinum blonde, beautiful, and she was a former gymnast too. So, you know, I, I think she was on the alternate to the to the, to the USA gymnast to the to the USA team. You know, she's just starting out, so she's a little green, but man, she's got a good look to her, and yeah, she's. All that, I think. And plus, yeah. too, she's a great follow on Instagram, too. Hilarious follow on Instagram. Mm. So, yeah. So, and, uh, but, but big name stars, I don't know. You never know. That's the whole fun I, thing about you know, that. Mike told me we got somebody coming in. Oh, I'm sorry. We have Matt Taven coming in in June. Oh, there you go. Matt Taven of the Kingdom. He'll be coming in yeah. June. July, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure about July. So, we'll see. You know, but, uh, you know, it's. Knowing Mike, Mike always seems to book the right guys. You know, he knows who to book and and who to bring in. So he's been really good on that. You know, so of course, you know me, me. I've been politicking to bring him to bring in Benjamin and Frost. And look, so we might bring him in though. Hey, look, if you do that in June, that would make it even better. Like, are you kidding me right now? We're talking about that in June because yeah. because because we got. Because we got we got Danny Moe and we got Facade coming in. Danny Moe and Facade are, you know, they're another couple that wrestle. And mm-hmm. Facade does some crazy stuff. If you want to see mm-hmm. flips and everything else, Facade can yeah. do that. And Danny Moe is excellent as well, too. And mm-hmm. plus, too, just two of the nicest people, too, that you'll meet as well. Mm, I don't so know. I Mike, Frost and Benjamin are pretty damn nice. Oh, but... they're, they're all Frost and Benjamin are just salt of the earth, man. Mm-hmm. Literally salt of the earth. Yeah. And well, I, that's, did I tell you like that's that's why I got this sticker because he just sent it to me because we like yeah 
we we got something oh, and he like, threw yeah. in like stickers and it's like love you guys just you know it was a it was a picture he had had of he was doing a photo shoot and they had, he had the cut under his eye and yeah, yeah. and he's like who would want that i was like i would like that's cool and he yeah, goes no it's it's and he was cool like because, yeah he, he goes i said okay well i said how much is it and he goes well for you i'm only going to charge you 10 bucks and that's including shipping and all that. And then he sent it, and I'm like, cool, because uh, Brittany told me she ordered. She says like it was more than ten bucks for her, uh, which I'm like, hmm. well, you know. Uh, but like he signed you're it. You're not over. You're not yeah. over. Yeah, he's not. He's not, not you know, she's not with the Enright crew. But like yeah. he signed Enright it. Then, yeah, look, look, look at you. Look, the Enright boys roll deep. I'm just saying. Enright boys roll deep. Look, I'm telling you right now. And look, it's Jacob. It's all Jacob. It's not me at all. It's all Jacob. All the guys love Jacob. Everybody loves Jacob. Um, so really, it's Jacob roll deep. Um, but like he's he 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 had the sticker. He had a pin, which Jacob was like, "Oh, I want that pin." He's got it on his lanyard for school. Um, he you know, and some other stuff. Like he said, a whole like it was wasn't just a picture. And he was just like, "Dude, I, oh, I'm gonna take care of you." And of course, he does. You know. He's a good dude, you know, and uh, yeah, they're, they're great. They just got back from Alaska, I saw this week. Yeah. They were in Alaska with uh, which, Russell Crowe. Yeah, which Frost retained her title. Mm-hmm. As she should in Alaska. She's in the heart of her powers. So, like, yeah. hello. Why would she lose in Alaska? Also, uh, too, the, the way she wrestled against, uh, was it uh, Cross, I think, Lena Cross? Uh, yeah, I think so. She, I, that's a I don't know what it is in Australia, but man, they turn out some serious female wrestlers in Australia. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then she oh. Frost is facing Athena this uh, Thursday for yeah. the Ring of Honor Championship. So they're probably uh, if if Kyle was smart, he'd have Frost go over. But well, I mean, we know Khan's not smart. He's too busy getting all Adderall and cocaine up. <laughs> listen, but, let's not listen. We got we got to take it easy on on. T- well, actually, no, we no, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> Yeah. Now, unless he wants to come on the show and talk Star Trek, then then, then we love Tony Khan. Yeah, we love Tony Khan. We, we do love Lance Archer, though. So we know, do love Lance, and we do love Tony Schiavone as well. Oh my gosh, yes. We 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 love a lot of guys in AEW, but I think oh, it's yeah. just you know what? I listen. I was I don't like Jim Cornette, but he is entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like the rants he cuts about wrestling, mm-hmm. politics, and when he talks about you know. You know, Uncle Vince. Then I just shut it off because I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, he's just full of shit on that. Mm-hmm. But when he when he was talking about dynamite and, and and they're just going over the quarter hours, John, it's sad. Oh, look, John, they can't even break nine hundred thousand, John. Yeah, on dynamite. Mm-hmm. Oh my, they they started at three point one million, and they're going to add a third show. And CM Punk's going to be the the main guy, and they're going to oh, split the roster. You know, listen, I, I know Corey Cornell loves Punk, but for and people like Punk, but for me, the only way that show's going to get ratings is if they let Punk just go out there and say, you know what? Forget everyone's feelings in the back. Just go out there and just shit on everybody. Mm-hmm. Let. You let the backstage let this work become a shoe, because then you'll get the ratings. Yeah. That's it. That's the that's the only thing I think that that's going to save them, and then have the young bucks come out and kick his fucking head off. Plain you would think. You would think that's that's the that's the fun way to book it, but that is, it you won't know? be the that won't be the right way that Tony Khan books it. 
which which I've gained a lot of respect for the Bucks because you know because of what they were able because of what, where they come from what they've been able to accomplish mm-hmm. you know not a lot of people like them because you know but you gotta understand who they are and what their gimmick is you know they're they're a rib on the business mm-hmm. you know that's it if you hence the name that hence the name yeah hence the name if you believe that then that's it yeah. you're not gonna get mad because they do all these flips they're doing it because they're doing it because they can because they're like, listen, we're gonna shit on everything. Yeah. So they just gotta accept much. that. But it's like when guys that don't that gimmicks aren't like that and they shit on the business, that's what aggravates me the most. Yeah, I agree. I so, agree. Well, you know what? We're at 20 minutes. We need to get the news because we do have a big episode to talk about. We here. have a huge so, episode. And we do that. have some news that we have to talk about, so we yeah. can't skip the news this week. Yeah, so, we we've got a couple, we've got Three big news stories. Yeah, at least three. So at least three. Yeah, at least three. So uh, let's go ahead and blow our bosun's whistle right about now, and let's talk about our first story here, which is uh, that Star Trek has announced. Well, and Paramount has announced that Section Thirty One is coming with Michelle Yeoh. But it's going to be a TV movie, and that it's going to be the first of a series of Star Trek movies, as TV movies for Paramount. So you know, Triple D, they, 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 you know, they've been hitting at Section Thirty One for right. a while. Uh, there, they say it's like Mission Impossible meets Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the big scopes. That's why they're making it a, kind of like a TV movie um, to go that route, but. They're talking about maybe um, doing this, and they say in, even individual characters could continue to tell stories with their own context in mm-hmm. this idea through a TV. I guess they're calling it a TV movie because it's on Paramount Plus, mm-hmm. yeah. You know? And they want to maybe continue that route. Um, so, how do you how do you feel about this model? Hearing this news that it's not going to be a series as of right now. Mm-hmm. But it is going to be a TV movie, and of course, it could that could turn it into a yeah. series. Um, mm-hmm. But right now, they have committed to two live action series: Strange New Worlds and Starfleet Academy, and two animated series with Laura Deck and Prodigy. So, um, and so, and they're saying that additional orders for those could go through twenty twenty four and perhaps twenty twenty five. Um, and so the Section 31 of the movie is to set to start in production later this year and can release as early as late 2024. Beautiful. So Beautiful. how do you feel about this model for some of these shows? Instead of getting a series, getting a um, a TV movie for this. I love it. I love it because you want to know why? Please tell me because, why. Because now you, you have – Two and a half to three hours to tell a story now. Mm-hmm. You can tell it. But you have 10 hours to tell a story with a series. You do. You do. But to me, you know, with, 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 with like, with like, with like, with like the movie, you know, it's, it's going to be just epic because now you can really. Sometimes, sometimes with the series, it can be a little slow towards the middle of it. But with but with this movie format, 
you can really just go balls to the wall in this movie and just blow everyone's freaking minds out of the water. Mm-hmm. But my main question is, with with the movies and with the series, is Terry Metalis, is he going to have his fingerprints on everything? Uh, no, so because he is not involved with Discovery. Because uh, Kurtzman is the over, he's the Feige of okay. Star Trek, and but Metalis is the he's the big showrunner, <clears throat> but like he he like he was focused on Picard, and okay. whereas somebody else is doing Strange New Worlds, and somebody else is doing like they have the showrunners for each live action and cartoon, okay. who are going to be that um, because Metalis is the most vocal of the of the producers so far, yeah. the showrunner. He's the one that's you know talking about things and everything like that, which makes sense because you know Picard season three specifically is such a big episode, mm-hmm. um, uh, and that's that's kind of you know the idea is he wants to make sure that everybody's paying attention and and so he's connecting and doing those things. I think it was a great idea and a great model for him to do that because here's the thing he got people intrigued That's and it. wanted to see what's happening. And so I think he's laying the groundwork for other showrunners to do the same thing, which if they're smart, they will do something similar, but you know, he's so prominent because this is such a big series and season. And, and, and this episodes, uh, these episodes were so important. That's why he's prominent. But Kurtzman is your, your head guy. If they do what we're going to talk about later, then he would be involved in that as well, because uh, because of the way things play out, you know. Well, so. I mean, listen, I mean, listen, I mean, I mean, I mean, Kurtzman has done an excellent job being the overall head of it. With mm-hmm. because you know, under his watch, we've had Strange New Worlds, we've had Lower Decks, we've had season three of Picard, so we've had all this. Mm-hmm. But to me, just the way that Metallus, because Metallus is such a fan. And the Easter eggs that he planted in season three, the way the show, you know, the way the show was, the series, he did such a. And now, mind you, I, I who's the showrunner for Strange New Worlds? Do we? Uh, let me see here. Let me let me just Google that real quick because I don't I don't know. So, because the showrunner for Strange New World, the showrunner for and Metallus. Even showrunner for Lord Dex. Henry He's, Alonzo Myers okay. is the um, uh, is the showrunner, and okay. uh, Avika Goldsman. They're okay. they're kind of the default two showrunners for that. Show. Okay, and Avika Goldsman, she's 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 she's, just, she's excellent. She's done a, they've done an excellent job. So you have those three showrunners. Let them have their fun with the movies. Let's do a Section 31 movie. Let's do a Shaw movie. Because Shaw got a lot of um guy, he got a lot of just fanfare. Todd, could you imagine they do a movie about Shaw's life or went from went from Wolf 359 until unfortunately his demise? You're blowing God, you you like blowing spots, you son of a Well, I'm just saying. No, I I, I have no idea, John. Well, you so you can do a shot. You can do um, see, and this is where, to me, when they when they do these movies, you can really do something good. 
John, just give me one second, John. I'm yeah, yeah. I'm getting blown up here, John. No, you're good. You're good. So you could continue on, bro. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I think this is a, a neat idea and aspect because you can kind of zone in on something. You could zone in on the character and tell a story that way with it. So I think it's a very big deal to have these TV movies. Plus, you're not stretching out your production with live action production. You focus on that TV movie. You have a certain amount of time. You're able to tell a story within two hours, two and a half maybe. But since it's a TV movie, it'll be more like an hour and a half, maybe two. And so you're you're, you're telling a concise story, focused story, um, unlike, unlike having a 10 hours through a season. Since we know Star Trek has been limited to... 10 episodes in a um, in a series. Uh, so I think this is a good move on that part, especially when you have someone like Michelle Yeoh, you have a big name like this, and she's in a lot of things right now. She's continuing to cook and make some more uh, kind of, <coughs> pardon me, situations of, of different shows and things. It allows Michelle Yeoh to work with a schedule a lot better. You're, you're telling a more focused story. You're not stretching out your production, so you can tell you can be more concise with those things, and you can make it work. So I, I think this is a smart move on Paramount's part, where you're still able to create content and cover those gaps, but you're not stretched out with the ten episode story arc. You can tell more focused, small story. So if, if they're they're specifically saying TV movies, so that to me indicates they're going to be. 90 minutes to two hours, maybe at the most. So it's going to be one story told in that 90 minute to two hour time frame. And like I said, so then you can have big stars because, hey, I'm only going to be on a set for a week, you know, exactly. to cover this shooting. And, and so it makes schedules a lot easier. Um, you still have your production aspect, but then you can, you can tell more focused stories on things like, you know, your idea of of Shaw. Well, maybe it's not the maybe it's not Wolf, you know, Wolf to, to then. Maybe it's something specific that happened of you know, he of how did he get to become a captain? You exactly. know, we know he survived three five nine and he said he was a grease monkey, but how does he go from a grease monkey to a captain? What's mm -hmm. the what's the pivotal point that shifts him from engineering to command? Mm -hmm. You know, what what is that thing? Maybe that story is integral and important yeah you know, those, those are the kind of things that maybe we can focus on with these tv movie stories and i think it's a it's a really smart idea on their part because you want to create content still but you've got to look at your budget so you know keep maybe like they're doing two live action tent poles two animated tent poles and then do tv movies with everything yeah, else yeah. and you could probably be very profitable with that because mm -hmm. at the end of the day this is a business we yeah. as much as as you and i as fans want to see everything we yeah. can't get everything we're not no. it's not going to happen um, it's a business it's, it's got to make money and so but then the question becomes well maybe if the section 31 movie takes off and starfleet academy doesn't maybe there's a way to transition that where you know maybe some shows aren't going to get as long a leash they get the hook earlier and then we can go well, we can spin off from this, and yeah. Create a show. So I think, like, I think what I think with what we've what we've said before, previous news wise, where the streaming services now they're these shows they're on the hook now. You have to make money, mm -hmm. 
if Academy doesn't take off, yeah, it's the shows aren't going to get as long as of a leash as they have before. Like, you know, like where Discovery got a little bit of a longer leash than, mm. you know, than people really wish that they, you know, like to me, after they've, after season, season three, which was really good. And if they would have ended it right there and right then, I was like, okay, mm. that's good. You know, the Federation is back, you know, and you can go on. But then after season four, you know, if it happened now, Discovery will not have gotten a season five. Mm-hmm. They probably would have gotten canceled. Yeah. Which, I mean, they did anyway. I mean, season five is. They about- did now, but, but at least they yeah. got a chance to make up for it with season five. Right. And I think that's that's where, you know, having the structure and, and at least with, with Discovery, even, you know, kind of being that everything contained within a season and everything that they do now kind of containing things within a season storytelling wise. That means if they don't renew it and if it ends there, it's fine. Like, not that we want it to end, but let's say if Strange New Worlds ended with the way the season ended, I think we would be okay with that a little bit. I mean, sure, there's what happened to number one and everything like that, which they're doing in the comics. They're covering that bridge yeah, of season are, yeah. one to season two in the comics. But I think, you know, it, it wasn't a huge, like, oh my God, cliffhanger. It was just like, okay. You know, but that was a good story. I appreciate it, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I like that opportunity too, because it allows them to tell a story and be done with it. And then if they need to spin off, cool. If they don't, um, they can tell the next season. Or if it ends, it ends. You know, well, listen, that. we all know, like we, we all know what happens in the end for Strange New World. So unfortunately, Kirk takes over the Enterprise. Vikings involved in that accident. He gets put into the wheelchair. They take him to Tells for and Pike lives the rest of his life. Happily ever after. But technically, we've already known that. So we, you know, I mean, it's like, what do we, what do we have to tell? You exactly. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's like that's the great part about something like yeah, that. That's, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, because know? that's 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 the best thing is because we don't know what happened between that time. And that's fine. We know what happens. We know how the story ends. Yeah. You know, and I mean, so also, know, also too, with discovery ending. You could do a you could do a Captain Burnham movie, you know. You which, could. which listen, you you do something where Burnham and Booker, you kind of do like an adventure like that. And that would me, imply though that Burnham is no longer with Starfleet. No, I'm saying with well, Booker's part of Starfleet too now. Sort of. At the end of season four. Yeah, I mean, I get well. I mean, at the end of season four, he was brought back from magical death by the. He brought back from magic, yeah. Which is like, yeah, I don't mind. Yeah, by species ten C or whatever they call him. Whatever. But you know, you can you can do a a story with her where you they do like a ninety minute tale where they do something where it's like a strange new worlds episode where you have the comedy because don't get me wrong. I mean, I mean, she can do comedy too. Yeah, you know, she's funny. And, and so is the guy that plays Booker. And they, have fun with this. Yeah, I think. Do fun things. Star Trek is about having fun, and that's it. Have fun with it. The producers, the people that did Picard, they had fun with it. And that's why season mm-hmm. three was so good. Have fun with it. Use yeah. the past. Use nostalgia, right. because that's what... But use nostalgia in the right way. 
Hmm. It's interesting you say that because that is a great tie-in to our next story. I'm um, great at tie-ins. You are. Look, segues. Look, you just nailed this one. The segue uh, king, baby. Speaking of using uh, nostalgia and, and comedy, both Hollywood Reporter and Variety are reporting that Paramount Plus is in the early development stages of a Galaxy Quest show for the streaming service. And so... <laughs> Yes, and it says Mark Galaxy Quest producer Mark Johnson is overseeing the project as executive producer, and a search for writers is underway. And Johnson has he's he's done stuff. Uh, he he won an Academy Award for Rain Man, and he's been executive producer on a number of critically AMC series, including including Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. So um, there's no details yet on how it would tie into the 1999 movie, or if Tim Allen, Alan Rickman. Anybody like that is going to be involved. Well, uh, Alan Rickman, unfortunately, won't be involved. Well, yeah, no, like, yeah, no, I mean, I'm just reading the story a little bit, which I'm like, mm-hmm. don't they? Yeah. But they're just saying that, you know, the main characters, they don't know if any of those people will be involved at all. And of course, we know Alan Rickman won't be, but because um, yeah. in 2015, there's talking about Galaxy Quest series that was in development with Amazon Prime. Um, and of course, it stopped after Alan Rickman died in 2016. By the way, can I say that when Galaxy Quest came out, it didn't do shit in the theater. Right. No, but, you know, here's the thing. Again, Star Trek people will take things and make it a cult classic. Yeah. And that's, that's what this is. And, I mean, because everybody says it is the best Star Trek that isn't Star Trek. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Although, I will, I will have to say this. The Orville is easily becoming one of those things, too. I, I, I really have to get into the Orville. You uh, got to, dude, you got to watch it. It's, I'm sorry. I, you know, <laughs> I'm just a Star good. Trek guy. You're, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it, but like this Galaxy Quest, it was because it, it's that tongue in cheek making fun of the fans, making mm-hmm. fun of the show, and the idea that this fake show is viewed as real by aliens, and so then now these actors are now having to be their real life TV counterparts, mm-hmm. and you know it's just hilarious it's great it and uh and seeing how all that works but uh you know it's i'm interested this is something that i'm like i'm i'm all for hey paramount plus get galaxy quest put it on your thing and then have a series about it mm-hmm. i'm down like i'm glad i'm glad amazon doesn't have the rights to this and i am excited that um you know all right hey i gotta run real quick i got a food provider I'll be right okay, back. You, you go from here. Uh, all right, next story real quick. How about that? I'll tell you that. Uh, let's go with... Uh, talk about... Oh, I don't know. You'll just vamp for a second. Vamp, okay. All right. So so, so after I, uh, I botch the spot, John has to go take care of something. So guys, listen. You know, John was talking about the movie. John's John's right on about the movies being able to tell a precise story, a concise story, and having the, the freedom to actually do that. You know, so I totally I totally agree with what John had to say about that. And me and John do agree on a lot of things when it comes to Star Trek. But you know, I mean, this what Star Trek has the the comeback that Star Trek has made. You know. How Paramount, when it was C- CBS, you know, plus when they wanted to 
to launch the streaming site. You know, what they banked on was Star Trek. They put all their eggs into Discovery. Like, listen, Discovery is going to sell the streaming service along with, you know, along with our old shows. But the crown jewel was Discovery. And, uh, and CBS, you know, Star Trek has kept, you know, CBS Plus now to Paramount Plus has really kept, you know, this streaming service alive. And it goes to show the power that Star Trek has, you know, in, in society and with the fans, you know, that, that now we have them creating these movies where they're going to be based on characters. And uh, I said before, you know, I love to see it's like a Shaw movie, you know, a Shaw movie, great. A Burnham movie. Um, hell, you know, let's tell a story. Let's tell, you know, I love Dr. Mbenga. We do something with Mbenga and, you know, that's, were able to tell the stories of these characters in Star Trek. They were minor characters, but the fans gravitated towards them. You know, Doctor Mbenga in the original series was only maybe in like two or three episodes, but we remember Mbenga. We we remember who he is because he was the guy that knew Vulcan physiology the best. And John's back, so and here I am. I just I just kind of went on talking about how. You know, Star Trek, you know, has helped Cal Paramount Plus afloat. Yeah. Uh, it was Discovery that was the crown jewel when the first, when the service first launched. Yeah. You know, and. Um, yeah, they made Trek the center point of Paramount they, Plus. Yeah, yeah, they made it. And how, and now how you look at, and I even went on, on these minor characters, you know, like look at Dr. Mbanga. Dr. Mbanga mm-hmm. was in what, maybe two or three episodes of the original series, if that. Yeah, and even then, it's just like in passing. It feels in like passing. more than anything. And he's gained he gained a following because, mm-hmm. and now you're looking on Strange New Worlds. One of my favorite characters is is Doctor Mbanga. Yeah, he's great. And I said, just just imagine they do they you know they do a Doctor Mbanga movie, or they do movies on these on these minor characters. Or they tell the stories of them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I mean, you, could, you could see the story of how his daughter got to be where she is, exactly. and how he you know he. Snuck her onto the in the enterprise right. essentially. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool things on it. But speaking of really cool things, uh, Triple D, did you know that there is a new interactive video game set in the next generation area, and it's finally got a release date? An interactive video game, you say? Yeah, it's uh, it's a Dramatic Labs announced that the game Star Trek Resurgence arrives May 23rd on PlayStation Five, PlayStation Four. Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC. So it was originally set for a spring release date, um, and Dramatic Labs is confident now to set uh, this specific date. And so these are the same people who... um, It's a team that has 20 people from Telltale uh, developers, Mm -hmm. and they've done stuff like The Walking Dead, The Telltale Series, and The Wolf Among Us. So, um, resurgence is set shortly after the events of Star Trek Nemesis and then is set aboard the USS Resolute and tells the original story with players assuming the role of two principal characters First Officer Jera Rydek and engineering crew person Carter Diaz. Here's the official game synopsis <clears throat> A worker uprising threatens the tenuous peace between two alien civilizations, and Starfleet is forced to intervene. 
players experience the conflict and larger mystery from two key perspectives. The USS Resolute's first officer, Jared Rydak, is part of the diplomatic envoy led by Ambassador Spock that's tasked with finding a resolution and uncovering the ultimate source of tension of, of this tense situation. Engineering crew person Carter Diaz highlights how the mission plays out from the lower decks caught up in the events in his own unique way. Hmm. Throughout the gripping story, players can interact with the Star Trek universe like never before, with moments of authentic action and critical decisions that shape the, bo- the broader narrative in subtle and unexpected ways. So that is the synopsis um, for that. You can actually go, uh, you can see, uh, if you go to IGN, um, it's on their YouTube channel, mm-hmm. you can see the gameplay reveal with Ambassador Spock. And then there's also a Star Trek Resurgence announcement trailer that is on YouTube as well hmm. so, to get an idea of the game and what it's going to look like. So um, it's exciting to hear. I Look, I can't remember the last real Star Trek game that we've had in a while. And so Triple D, I'm not a huge gamer, but how do you feel about a new Star Trek game hitting the market here in about a month? To tell you the truth, the only games I really play are uh, the WWE game and uh, some sports games. I've, I really never got into that whole interactive, but this does sound interesting. It sounds like a game that I might just might just give give a try, you mm-hmm. know. So to me, it's a, it sounds really good, you know that. Yeah, you have two perspectives. You have a lower deck perspective, and you have the first mm-hmm. officer. An officer. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, basically, you know, you get, need to make the right decisions or guess what? It's not going to be good. <laughs> yeah. So this is the ship design for the Resurgent. It looks like the old uh, Centaur class. Yep. You know, um, there. And then this is an image. Uh, this is crew person Carter right okay. here in the center. So you're uh, or this is Carter. I'm assuming it says the center. So that's you right there is Carter. And this is you um, as uh, uh, Rydick right here and dealing with whoever that is, you know, for the alien race. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, here is what Spock will look like um, in the game. And then the... Those are pretty good show. graphics, actually. Look, they're very good. So, I mean, this is a picture of uh, Rydick here um, holding a phaser. So I'll be interested to, to see this game. All right, look... I, that means I can get it on Xbox. I'll check it out. I got no PS4 problem. still. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm still I'm still with the plebes. I got PS4. Well, look, it's gonna be. Well, they're releasing it for PS4. I know so, they are. Yeah, which is yeah. Great, so. so there you go. So I mean, uh, I, look, I I feel like this could be a really cool, it's a unique storytelling kind of game, <laughs> which I think the fact that your choices will determine what you can and can't do. Um, I think that's very neat. So I, I don't remember of ever seeing anything like this before. Um, did you play any Star Trek games before this Triple D? I haven't played really any Star Trek games. That's okay. The the only one I ever really enjoyed was Bridge Commander. Bridge Commander, yeah. Which uh, which you know has found new life now uh, through Retro Badger Gaming, a former guest of the show. Shout out Retro Badger. Shout out to Retro Badger, and uh, he uh, you know, and other guys like him with all the different mods where they have. 
you know, as soon as ships come out and they make them available, they the, watch the them. Galaxy D Hell class, <laughs> unbeatable. Yeah, the Galaxy class from Hell. Yeah, uh, although it's, it's gotten beaten a couple of times with different ships. I so. cannot. I I'm shocked. Look, you got to watch to go see some stuff that he's doing. Um, it's it's really good, and so um, it's also you know interesting to see how that game has, for lack of a better phrase, survived. Yeah, because you know they're 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 keeping that game alive through the mods and everything along those lines. It's a great game, but uh, this is going to be the first game I can remember being released in a long time for like wide release PC, Xbox, mm -hmm. PS, you know, PlayStation, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm excited to see it. I, I'll give it a try. You know, why not? See what what goes on there. Yeah, um, so I think one more story we want to talk about. Okay. Um, so, uh, I'm I'm gonna go. Uh, we'll save that story for <coughs> after we finish because I think I think it's important for us to finish talking about Picard before we talk about this story. But one we will want to talk about beforehand, as we're leading into our discussion of Picard, is that uh, Star Trek Picard becomes the first Star Trek series to break into the streaming top ten rankings. So uh, this is as of 313 to 319 of 2023. Um, this, this is that ranking for the, the, that time period right now in Nielsen. Um, these are the top 10 streaming shows. Star Trek was number nine. Uh, so it made that in. Um, and the way they determine it is they have the number of episodes and they have the minutes total and then uh, of what is watched, I guess, total. Uh, and trying to figure some of these Nielsen things out. Um, and so the, the, the minutes that they have listed are, are a million minutes viewed. So for example, number 10 on that list is Gabby's dollhouse with Netflix. And there are 51 episodes and there was 292 million minutes viewed of that series. Um, Picard was number nine at 25 episodes at 310 million uh, minutes viewed. By the way, most of those million minutes came in season three. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Easily. Easily. <laughs> Not seasons one and two. Easily. Um, would you like to know the difference between number nine and number one, Triple D? Yes, I would. All right. The number one show during this time period, and I guess up to this point for the year so far, um, would be a show called You on Netflix. It has 40 episodes and has 1,202 minute, 202 million minutes viewed. Yeah. So that's quite, that's quite a discrepancy. Yeah. Uh, so if you like number six, all right. And uh, by the way, you know this, but of all the shows listed, only one, two, three are not Netflix shows. That's crazy. So uh, Paramount Plus, obviously, for Picard. Uh, the next one you see that is not a uh, Netflix show, which is I find this interesting, is number six, Apple TV's Ted Lasso. Mm -hmm. uh, and then <laughs> number three is Disney Plus and The Mandalorian. So Fuck Star Wars. Yeah. Well, isn't that interesting, though? Three, six, nine are not Netflix shows. And Aubrey, all the rest are Netflix shows. Hmm. Well, I mean, listen, 
Netflix was the granddaddy of the whole streaming thing anyway. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah. they should have good shows on there. Yeah. It was. Yeah, which is crazy because I don't get these memes now of like everyone talking about like they watch Netflix and their girlfriends want to like bang them now. Yeah, it's called Netflix and Chill. What show is that? No, it's not a show. It's just a thing. It's just a thing? Yeah. Like, so you, you would always say, hey, you want to Netflix and chill? And that's code for like, you want to turn on Netflix and we're not going to watch a show. We're just going to let it play and we're going to have sex. Yeah. It's... So I'm look, oh, I'm learning this being single and dating and stuff like that. <laughs> you find out that Netflix and chill means you're not really going to watch Netflix and you're not chilling. You know, you um, ain't chilling. You want something yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but interestingly enough, of all the shows listed, Star Trek Picard, Ted Lasso, and The Mandalorian are the only shows that I've heard of. Um, the three non-Deflix shows. The only other one is Outer Banks. If that's the fishing show that I think it's on Netflix that was on Discovery, where the guys went tuna fishing. You know, um, tuna fishing. Yeah, I want to say that's the case, but I don't look. I don't know what what that is. Yeah. So that's those that, but this is the first Star Trek show. This is only the second time in general that a Paramount Plus show has been on the top 10 list. And the only other show to do that was 1923, which was the, the one of the spinoffs from Yellowstone. And yeah, it ended yeah. up I being mean, two weeks ago, number six with 560 million minutes view. That's pretty good. Yeah. You know, so. Which is, so, I believe, for this chart, that's about where Ted Lasso is. Okay. Uh, which is 23 episodes at 539 minutes. It's a 539 million minutes view. I so, think Strange right. New World is going to be in that, in, that, in that top 10 pretty soon. Uh, it could be. We'll see. We'll see. But you know what? what? I'm right. You are wrong always. Yeah, you got the memes. Yeah, and of course, uh, you know, recommendations. I, I recommend that we ran the D down the board start. Just ran mm-hmm. the D. That's yeah. that's Riker. Nice. Okay, that one I'm not going to repeat. I'm not going to repeat that. <laughs> or the next one. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. You ain't I... found shit. You ain't found shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was good. So, the Easter right. Bunny one's a good one. The Easter Bunny one is, yeah. So, but, uh, so I'm going to say the, the other two stories that kind of lead into each other, I think they're something that we need to talk about after we review Picard because they talk yeah. about that. So, uh, with that said, then, how about we um, play our Black Alert? And we get it prepared as we go right... Oh, because we have to talk about our main point, so let's play it right now. All right, main point time. We're going to do this down, dirty, fun, and quick. Um, We're going to start with episode nine because apparently, according to Paramount, uh, because they did do a special, which I didn't go to, um, Wednesday night release of before last Thursday's uh, season 10 and release, yeah, where you could watch nine in together, together at an IMAX theater. I didn't get to do that, but um, I didn't we're do talk, yeah, well, but it, it and I try and I try to stay off of the Star Trek po- oh, yeah. forums because they were just posting spoilers on there, especially, yeah. especially the ship posting, yeah, look, 
Yeah, you got to stay away from it at least one day. So, um, so this we're gonna start with Star Trek Picard season three episode nine titled Vox, which debuted Thursday, April thirteenth of twenty twenty three. It was written by Sean Treda and Kylie Rossiter, and it was directed by Terry Metalis. So not only is he a producer, he's a director as well. He's pretty damn uh, good director too. Yes, and and so this was the start of the season and series finale. And it it's uh it kicks off with where we ended eight with mm-hmm. Troy and Jack kind of in his mind talking about the red door and the vision and um, trying to see what's going to happen and that Jack has a primal need for connection, um, but she tells him that he isn't alone. And that they're going to open the door together. And so she opens the door and we see her run off, uh, you know, kind of leaving him alone. And then she goes straight to Picard and um, Beverly. God, she still looks so weird. I look, I can't. Who, Beverly? Yeah. Like I saw, I, I watched, we were watching. Oh, Jake and I were watching for Shits and Goons. We, we have a 24 7 Star Trek um, movie channel um, mm-hmm. on our service. And so we were watching it, and like we saw her face for like insurrection or something like that. And then seeing it now, it's just so still looks good, man. And she looks good, but like good. we we both joked because we were watching insurrection, it looked like she went to the face stretcher. Um, <laughs> insurrection, it really does. Like, I'm sorry, yeah, but anyway, the the uh, she runs and tells him it was the Borg, and we see that the image of the the Borg in this red cloud nebulous area kind of thing, which plays in later. Um, so they find out putting the pieces together that when John Luke was locutus, the board changed something on an organic level to make him a receiver, which mm-hmm. later manifested as the aromatic syndrome and that he passed that to Jack. And which was transformed to his new power as a transmitter, which is why the Borg want him. And so that's why they were so insistent on having Jack. And and of course, Troy points out that there are protocols specifically that Jack is clearly compromised by Starfleet's greatest enemy, and they want to use him as a weapon. And then so, you know, it's like, okay, Deanna, she went from, oh, I'm your counselor and everything's great to like, nope, fuck him. He's a, he's a, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a, I guess for lack of a better phrase, he's a threat. So, well, you got to understand too, she's still a Starfleet officer. Oh, I know. Look, I understand. I get it. But like, you know, it was, it was a very weird dichotomy. I understand she was, she had been assimilated at one point, you know, because they did that thing to try to infiltrate stuff. So she had, you know, spent some time as a more collective person. Really? Like, well, I think so, or maybe I'm because in in on one of the video games I play, there is a, a simulated Troy, okay. and so, so I don't. I no, thought that was part of it. Simulated. Simulated. Yeah, I thought that was a TNG thing too, but um, I don't know. I don't know. Look, life is hard, and then you die. So. <laughs> You know, but we see here that um, that uh, we see that now Jack begins to understand, and everybody begins to understand why his need for perfection 
and society and you know making connections and just he wished everything worked a certain way and that you know jack they were like well look let's go to the vulcan institute and deal with this kind of thing and jack is like no nah, we're not gonna do this um not yeah, I'm and, and so he takes control of the two guards and he says he said i like the line he goes he he said how Picard never learned the protocols as a father of a father. And um, instead of like, you know, there are protocols. He goes, what about the protocols of a father? And um, and he takes control of the control guys. And he says, he'll find the board queen. And <laughs> he steals a shuttle and takes off. And Which which is like, how many times do they have to kill the board queen? Right? Because, I mean, she Seriously. died at the end of... Insurrection. No, because that insurrection was... Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. First contact. First contact. And then at the end of Voyager. Well, did she really die at the end of Voyager? Yeah. Because Janeway, they, remember they infect, Janeway infected the Borg Queen and she was dying when they were... Going she was dying, but she has yeah. not confirmed that. Uh, I would think she was... I think they inferred that she died. And besides, yeah, well, I mean, I get why that one... When it's yeah, it's time loops things. It's whatever. Um, so anyway, um, so yeah, so there was that moment where Jack kind of takes off, and and then Picard is kind of there talking with Data, uh, and Data says, "Is is now the right time to say something comforting?" Uh, <laughs> look, Data. Once they got him activated and going. It was great. It was it was really good. It was good, yeah. Yeah, and they the then we cut to the and sick bay. Jordan data have been going over the change in the database, and they learn um, Alton Soong was studying how the Borg did some extra monkering with Picard's DNA and why they changely stole the body to weaponize the code. So kind of like what I said in a way, the aromatics in there they're going to weaponize it. Mm-hmm. Um, they did that with the code, and basically that's why the changelings were getting on um, different ships and transporting because they were inserting that code, that DNA, mm-hmm. to anybody who would come, about, come on the uh, the ship and they would basically embed that into everybody who went through the transporter. Yeah, which, which is crazy. It, which made it, re- you realize why um, Roe did not take the transporter. Mm-hmm. Makes more, makes that sense. Um and so, uh, then we then we see them. Shaw steers the ship towards home um, because they know the kind of the situation, what's going on. And we see as they're flying back that Frontier Day is happening, and they watch Admiral Shelby. Uh, that was a nice callback. Yeah, which if, if y'all don't know, Admiral Shelby was Commander Shelby in the episode where uh, with Wolf Three Five Nine. Um, yes, that was the, the best of both worlds, right? Yes, and and she was the specialist that was brought on to counteract the Borg, and uh, you know, and uh, they're like, okay, cool. And uh, by the way, uh, Admiral Shelby was on what Enterprise ship? F. Enterprise F. And I know we're going to fight at the end of this, but we're, oh, we're going to fight at the end. We are still going to fight. But she gives a speech and. About how the first Enterprise lost 250 years ago, creating Starfleet, and of course the Titan game gets all salty, especially Riker holding on an old grudge, 
when they hear about the new fleet formation advancement, mocking that it's warlike and Hold on. Riker being salty. I love it. Yeah. Right yeah, yeah. He was like, mm. like, isn't it ironic that she's being like, like, like this is the most bored thing you can do, yeah, and exactly. um, so, and and at that time, at the same time as this is going on, Jack has made his way to the queue, and 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 the queen that's been obscured, who welcomes him home and dubs him Vox, um, and then you know. He he was gonna shoot her with a phaser, but of course he can't because resistance is futile. But I found it interesting that because I read this later, the voice was the actor who had played the board from season two. Alice Krieg, right? Yes, if I remember correctly. Because the voice and the actor are two different people mm-hmm. um, for this episode. So the person who played the Borg Queen physically isn't the person who voiced it. Um, uh, from what I remember uh, correctly. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Right, so I'm going to look it up real quick to make sure. Yeah. Um, By the way, can I tell you that uh, out, of, out of all the enemies that Starfleet has, the Borg to me scares me and I dislike the Borg the most. Hmm. I dislike them more than the Romulans. That's saying something. That is saying something. Because you know how much I don't like the Romulans. I know you don't like uh, the Romulans at all. So let's see. Uh, no, I want. Oh, for fuck's sake. Why is it mean? I want Star Trek Picard. Yeah, because Alice Creek, she she passed away this year. Right. Yeah, so they, they got her to do the voice of the Borg Queen. And then, you know, because she must have been like, the time they did it, she must have been really sick at the time. Yeah. So. You got her to do the voice, which it's very haunting when you hear yeah. the Borg Queen's voice. Yeah, no, it is. It's very haunting. Very haunting. Um, the way it was done, it was just like, oh, yeah. okay. Um, and even on that cube, man, even when you get in the board cube, mm-hmm. just oh, god, yeah, you know, just imagine being assimilated and having your individuality and uniqueness taken away, where you're just a mindless, soulless drone. Mm-hmm. Oof, yeah, no, it's it every was... human being's nightmare. Mm-hmm. I need cast. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, we got it, baby. Q. Any, any worshing? Okay. Let's see. I'm gonna. That was season two. She played the Borg Queen in season two? Yes. Okay. And they don't. Okay, yes. So Jenna Edwina Seymour, mm-hmm. guess, was the Borg Queen for these. Uh, for season three? 
for season three, but I know the voice wasn't her. The voice was Alice Creek. She played the original Borkley. Mm -hmm. So yes, so the so for the third season they had someone else. Yes, you know, yeah. play the physical aspect mm -hmm. of it. So which it makes sense because we and that's why that she was so heavily made up made up mm -hmm. um, because of that. And then I've I've read people like. Well, what about the Girardi? And I think there's a whole thing, but we won't have no. Yeah, because yeah, because I was wanting to say that too. It's like, wait a minute. But then you think about it, it was a different timeline. It was a different. Mm -hmm. different that was board. an alternative board queen. Yeah, it was an alternative you know? board queen. And and even though the board queen is a temporal agent and could see different timelines, it doesn't mean it's the same throughout. So that board queen in season two was an alternate, and then who merges with Girardi. And apparently, there's a deleted scene that you can find on Picard season two discs and and, and such, where the Federation accepts, uh, for lack of a better phrase, the woke board because you know they're about consent and cooperation. Um, as they're standing at that opening that they were at, uh, they helped prevent. They're called. They're not called the board. They're called the Girardi. Yeah, the Girardi. The Girardi, the, yeah, in honor of her, and that they're they're a different board. Yeah. So, um, and they're a recognized board by the Federation. So that's the the question still becomes of how did this board queen survive? I don't know. Um, I really feel the like the virus didn't kill her. Yeah, but how did? And we kind of figured out how she survived. She fed on her drones. Well, yeah, we did see that, but the question is, I, I guess, I guess that's. You know the way to do it, um, which you know. I guess we'll talk about that in a minute later down the road. But um, so we we know that the Borg Queen assimilates Jack, and and so we have um, we have we find out as we cut back to like Data, Jordy, and Beverly that the Changelings have essentially assimilated the entire fleet with this transporting thing that they have. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and, it, but it only affects the young generation. Right. Because the frontal cortex stopped developing after age 25. Mm -hmm. And so apparently it's anyone 25 and younger that that's, it's affected because, um, if you're older than 25, you still need your frontal cortex to be developing for it to take over. And this includes, all the junior officers, including LaForge's girls, uh, and and uh, Mira, and the junior officers of the Titan, and they announce that they are Borg. And we yeah. see Shelby get gunned down by some ensigns, yeah, and the entire crazy. fleet is quickly assimilated, and they they're in the fleet mode. And the older popes decide it's time to get off the top of the Titan, and uh, so they now have to. Find a way out. Then it becomes a a way to um, get off the ship. Mm -hmm. um, so um, they find out that they, as they're trying to get to the turbo lift and get to exits, um, there's firefights across all the ships in the, in the thing. Um, and there's a message over a maintenance channel um, from the USS Excelsior that they are trying to get away. Mm -hmm. Um that oh uh but then they they got control of the ship, but then the rest of the Borg fleet 
essentially keep calling the destroys board, it. Right? Destroys it. Um, and so Captain Grease Monkey gets an idea and he tells everyone old enough to remember round com badges to meet at a repair shuttle, uh, which importantly isn't part of the, the new ship network. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, while the Borg is announcing, Starfleet has been added to the collective and then Weak and Willful are soon to be eliminated as the Sacred Knight Fleet takes aim at Space Stock and Earth. Um, so the old ones make their way to the maintenance deck. Um, Jordy is, you know, struggling with his dog's assimilation, but th- they get everybody off the ship. Um, and, uh, the, uh, there's that scene where Jordy gets on the shuttle getting ready to get it to go and Data's right there and Data said something and Jordy's like, man, I wish you'd be more positive. I hope we die quickly. You know, <laughs> you know data just yeah. being data. Um, and so we see that the veterans are holding off one by one. Um, and then Shaw is there with them and he takes a pretty serious hit and yeah. Picard doesn't want to leave him behind, but seven tells him to go leaving her and Rafi to tend to the dying Shaw. And we see that Shaw has come to use his last words and he directs her and he calls her, you know, says she says something and he says, no, the ship is yours, uh, seven of nine and telling her she's the captain now. And of course, nobody, I don't think anybody wanted Shaw to die. No. Um, Todd Stashwick has a TikTok and uh, (laughs) it's very funny. He shows, I guess when he started um, Picard, he has a picture of a mug, and you can see it's a Starfleet mug, but you, the name is blurred out, and he's drinking coffee from it. And then the second, the only other TikTok he has is of him drinking coffee with the mug unblurred, and he says, you know, shot out or something like that. So, um, so everybody on the uh, Enterprise crew gets to the shuttle, they take off, and, um, as they get back to the fleet museum, Picard's like, wait, what? Um, we need something analog and older, which you, describing any ship that's in space at that point is not, mm-hmm. cool, you know, I find it hilarious, you know, um, but, and it's not connected to the network. And Jordy says, well, I was going to save this. And he opens up what was behind door number 12. And it's the USS Enterprise D. And wow. he's I mean... been working on it for the pet project. Since they had crashed the saucer in Viridian 3 30 years ago. They recovered it. Yeah, because they said that the saucer, you think the prime directive, they couldn't leave it on Viridian 3. So they were able to pull that. And then he said the um, the secondary hull and, and engines were from uh, another ship. I forget yeah. what he said it was. Um, nobody cared. They were like, it's the Enterprise D. Yay. Yeah. You know? And of course, everybody had their feels and nostalgia moment over over the ship. And then especially Worf, uh, grabbing that he wanted, you know, the fancy weapons of the E. He <laughs> yeah. wanted the E because he's having PTSD about the blue barrel. Well, there's that too. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> there's, there's, there's a meme. <laughs> he goes, I for the Enterprise D. PTSD intensifies. Yeah. The barrel hitting him. Yeah. No, and he's like, the weapons and the phasers on the E were much better. And who was it? Beverly was like, Worf, you've done a great job, Jordy. Yeah. Like, 
being that wharf just being wharf for the next you know hour or so um and so everybody has their they get into their situation um they start up the ship and the ship calls him captain jean-luc picard Mm -hmm. and uh he makes the joke that yeah i'll take the downgrade for this mission um (laughs) so uh you know they uh they end with everybody on the enterprise d looking to leave the ship and go save the day on the d one more time um i wanted the e i really did you i know you wanted the e real bad i wanted the e real bad but it was the d the d is fine well listen but we all knew it was gonna be the d though yeah no it had to be the d it had to be the d i get it i get it it had to be the d but i mean i got to see some e's in the fleet command ship uh and the fleet formation uh Mm -hmm. dealy and i think there was at least two odysseys that i saw so Um, maybe so so maybe the e was he wasn't, you know, he was too advanced. For well, no, we know that something happened to the E because we find out later um, that something happened, and Worf says that wasn't my fault. <laughs> when when they were on that, we were on that when they were. Oh on yeah, the- you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Because yeah. Jordy says I would have liked to have used the E, but everybody turns and looks at Worf, which we don't know why, and he goes. That wasn't my fault, you know. <laughs> because I think because it's alluded in, in the literature universe, Worf was the captain of the of the Enterprise Z, right? And they had this like self destruct or something or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, something happened. Yeah, so so there there was that moment. So uh, do we want to talk a little bit about nine and our thoughts and grading it, or do you want to just pour into ten here? Let's pour going? into ten. All right, so let's pour into ten then. All right, so then of course. Um, episode 10 of season three. Um, it debuted Thursday, April 20th. So last Thursday, six days ago. 20, baby. Love 20, you. baby. The last of this. And it's called, it's titled The Last Generation, written and directed by Terry Metalis. So, um, man, like if you thought nine was good, yeah. 10 was light years better. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, the line that Jean Luc says, what began over 35 years ago ends tonight. It's like, yeah, hell yeah. Hell right? yeah, baby. So, so the Enterprise D ignores the broadcast warning the Federation from President Anton Chekhov. Chekhov, yeah. I son of Pavel Chekhov, but voice Walter, Walter Koenig. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Super cool. I was like, me and Jake were like, I was like, oh my God, that's Walter Koenig. It is Walter Koenig. Oh my Koenig, God. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. We were we were we were having a good time about that, um, and so they Spake Doc is getting hammered, yeah. and it is the last line of defense, and there's no reinforcements coming. But they track the signal, uh, the Borg signal to Jupiter, and find a gigantic cube hiding in the red spot, and they had a transwarp conduit in the red, you know, hurricane of <laughs> of Jupiter there. That's where they were hiding. Hence, the earlier episode. Or the red uh, door and red. And you saw the red, you know, yeah, everything in there. Mm-hmm. Um, makes it make sense. So um, so Jack is identified as the source of the command signal and that is borgifying the fleet. And Picard says that we have to sever that con- connection no matter the cost. Um, and so it's that idea that, yes, I am willing to sacrifice my son if I have to. 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, which he understands because the Borg is that big of a threat. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the cube drops his shields in an arrogant like invasion, <laughs> and Jean Luc accepts. Also joined by Riker and Worf, who offers to make it a threesome. Yeah, <laughs> Worf. Worf. I'll make it a threesome. I'll make it a threesome. And then Riker goes, "Do you not hear yourself?" Like, <laughs> Oh my god, like Worf just again. Do you know what? Hey, do you do you know you want the miss the Enterprise D? Mm. They miss Riker mounting over that chair. Oh yeah, they did. The Riker maneuver. The Riker maneuver. There was a Picard maneuver. He he did it too. When he sat down, he went like this. Yeah. Engage. I was like, the Picard maneuver. There it is. Yep. Agreed. Pop for that. That was good. Um but so phone um but then we we have um you know right before everybody leaves we have this it's been an honor kind of thing yeah basically they're saying their last goodbyes in case they they don't come back right because i mean it's a pretty pretty serious thing yeah it's kind of a suicide mission it is. It, it's it's kind of one of those things you don't know the outcome because this is but the whole because the whole bit is we don't know what we're gonna have to do to end this signal. Exactly. So um and so um you know, so there was that interesting thing, and then we get they beam down and we see what is called the tomb of a cube, um where the drones are dead, their tissue being cannibalized, mm-hmm. as they said. Um and Beverly has located Jack. Um so the lady tree is going to split up with Jean-Luc saying it's time for him to stop being a captain and start being a dad. Um, and none of these guys think they're going to live out the day and they say their goodbyes. Mm-hmm. So um, Jean-Luc goes deeper into the Unimatrix um, array where he finds Jack. Um, ooh, pardon me. And they did a really good job of like channeling him to be kind of locutus like with his setup. Yeah, because he had kind of the same eyepiece um, with the. It, it was know. uncanny. Yeah, it was. It was, it was. it was really good. Yeah. Um, and of course, she. Um, we see the decrepit queen hovering over him. She's fused to the wall, um, and she laughs as she welcomes Locutus, and watches Jack is the one issuing orders, and for platitudes, mm-hmm. um, and the she's saying that she's a mother. Um, and that Jack is her salvation. Um, after the collective, after the Federation left the collective, poisoned and dying. Uh, that was Janeway. Yeah, I, I think that's. I think you know they inferred that she was dying, but I guess the way it was is they didn't they sever connections, and that's what caused it to happen. I don't remember. It's Voyager. She uh, left. Uh... That virus killed the Borg Queen, which killed all the connections with the Borg. Right, right. But and that's so the reason why that. you had season one, you had the artifact, the Borg Cube. Yeah. But they were able to get that because the connection was severed because they thought they had killed the Queen. Right. So, yeah. Apparently she didn't, per no, se. But, no. Um, so like been a phaser shot to the head afterwards. Yeah. Make sure, make double, sure that bitch is dead. Double tap. So, using Jack and Picard's biology, um, they are giving up. They don't. She doesn't call it assimilation. She calls it evolution. Yes. And that that basically Borg are going to be born, and that they will, you know, grow up 
not for assimilation, but annihilation, mm-hmm. um, which is a really cool line, you know, yeah. to show the eeriness of everything. And so then we have Worf and Riker. They figured out where the beacon is, and they have some drones that show yeah, up. And um, uh, and that was very, very funny in and of itself. Um, yeah. uh, you had a phaser in there? Why do you use a phaser? Yeah. I was trying to think. Is that is that what needed to do that? Yeah. Or is that later? Um, no, no. That's anyway. Was, yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, swords are fun. Yeah. Swords are fun. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so they start fighting. Uh, Worf gets hit. And, oh, I love it because, you know, Worf is just swinging that sword around like it's no big deal, right? And um, Riker picks it up. And Riker's like, oh, my God, I didn't realize this is them damn heavy. <laughs> and, like, he can barely pick it up. He goes, the handle. And he pulls out. He's like, you had a phaser in there the whole time? Why didn't you use it? He goes, swords are fun. Swords are fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. So... And then, uh, of well, course, you know, of course, you know, I didn't get it. Like, I didn't get the comedy until then because I was just overcome with emotion this, this entire episode. Look, so, episode the comedy 10. was great. I, the comedy was great. It was great. Uh, so, um, so while they're doing that, um, but the Enterprise starts getting fired upon, mm-hmm. uh, and <laughs> Beverly is at the weapons array. And she takes out all the turns with ease, and everybody kind of turns and looks at her, <laughs> and like, "What?" She's like, "Look, a lot's happened in twenty years." Okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, and so then they figure out they have to um, take the D into the ship to get their way to the center of it. And Jordy says, "No computer or pilot could pilot that, not even his daughter." And Data's like, "I have a gut feeling I can hold do my it. beer." And yeah, and then. <laughs> And then uh, spot hold my beverage spot, and they proceed to do the Star Trek Death Star trench run. Um, awesome, that was which awesome. I was like trench run. <laughs> yep. And so, um, and they take the big D into the Borg ship. The big D. They give they give the Borg the big D. They, and, uh, they the ran the D one. right down the board. They ran the fat one right down. Right down, uh, baby. And so and. <laughs> And Deanna's like, why am I feeling enjoyment while Data's doing that? And, uh, you know, they're swinging around. Uh, and so the Borg fleet is about to target Earth because the shields on Space Dock are down and the planetary defenses are down. And so Picard starts unplugging Jack. And then, um, you know, we see that um, Picard takes a, 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 a cable and decides he's going to shove it into him. And he's going to, uh, go, and to go and try to save him. But then we kick over the Titan, where Seven has her hands full, where she and Raffi fight their way through all the Borgified youngsters, and they have a team of, like, five. And she uses some kind of beam-me-up darts, you know, with the phaser that kind of makes things... Uh, um, what call it? Uh, makes, makes the young ones appear in the transporter room that they've locked down mm-hmm. and um they were like oh okay well they're stuck now we're okay I'm, i was thinking like couldn't y'all put them in the brig why did y'all just because you can do site to site transport transporting yeah. to the brig what it, i look i don't understand why they didn't do that I, I don't i don't i don't understand either but, yeah. but uh, they were they were they were transferred down there and uh yeah yeah so they see the Enterprise D, and with her ragtag crew of oldies, 
one guy who's a chef because he never completed training um, because his brother couldn't run the deli. He had to go run the deli because his brother was, you know, whatever. Um, uh, <laughs> they they figure out how to disconnect from the fleet and because they use line of sight, and so they use the cloaking device to um, to distract and counteract everything. Um, and uh, they they she she gives a rallying speech and everybody goes on for it and they're probably going to die doing it but hey let's go for it hey, um the, on the earth somehow yeah and so through a series of hit and run attacks the titan starts to get into the nose of the collective by diverting resources and buying time for picard's team um but of course one ship's not really going to do anything um and so the titan gets neutralized and the planet's last officer gone and um the, they they have uh, the youngsters have now made their way back to the bridge as well because mm-hmm. of course they just grab the doors and eventually just yam them open yeah um because that's what they do mm-hmm. um so data gets the enterprise to the beacon but Jordy realizes that if they take it out it will take out the cube with it and the away team and and they have the needs of the mini decision. They decide that they know what they must do. Wacker and Worf do too as they vow to stay to get Jack and Jean-Luc, mm-hmm. knowing that it's not likely enough time and that they go to, into a dead zone. Um, and Riker says this really cool line, I owe him a lifetime. The least I can spare is a minute. Yeah. Uh, and so they go into the cube and Jean-Luc has plugged himself in and he's trying to talk Jack out of it. And, um, and he eventually does. Um, and so as he begins to disconnect, Jordy on the D and Beverly fire on the beacon, destroying it and setting off a chain reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, Picard tells his son that he will stay with them until the end. Then they hug as Jack recognizes that he too has changed, giving him strength to break hold of the hive mind. Mm-hmm. And they begin unplugging everything. And Worf and Riker are there too. And the cube is coming apart. And the Klingon is ready to die with honor. And Riker says his final goodbye to Imzadi. Mm-hmm. And at that moment... Deanna senses where they are, and she maneuvers the ship, and she swings that bad boy in there. Yeah, and she power slides it in, and they beam him out. Yeah, convulsional. Just you talking about this, I just can't get emotional. Yeah, oh my like, God. She, yeah, she whips that sucker in there, not crashing this time. The yeah. last time she took the helm, um, not crashing, and then ends up uh, beaming them out. And then the queen is screaming and is incinerated as the be- as the cube is destroyed. Finally, and um. Earth is saved, and families are reunited. Um, and of course, uh, there was there. Oh, there was one part earlier um, where Worf says there was a moment today where I was worried we might survive when they were heading deeper into the thing to go be with Picard. Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious, and so everybody's hugging, and Worf falls asleep on the bridge. Yeah, that that was that was the best. He's just old man Worf. Like literally sits down, has the sword kind of in one hand, and then he just sits down and goes, just starts like an old man watching a football game after Thanksgiving dinner. I love Warf, man. Yeah. So um, we see that it, it goes, we hear of Riker's log, and he sums up the aftermath of, you know, everything and how um, Beverly is promoted to Admiral to oversee Starfleet Medical and purging the fleet's young officers off the Borg uh, code and, of course, any remaining changelings. 
Um, the real Tuvok brief seven on how um, everyone, including her, gets a pardon for hijacking the Titan and disobeying orders, and how um, sh- the way Tuvok is talking, it sounds like they are going to, you know, discipline her, and she she gives her resignation. But before going on the adventure to begin with, um, the record uh, Shaw had sent his crew assessment and calling Seven reckless, but acknowledging that maybe she's the kind of rule breaker Starfleet needs. Mm-hmm. And he, refre- he rejects her resignation, calling her captain. Um, so that, uh, that got me too. That got me emotional. Yeah, too. that like that was a that was a good part. That was a really good scene. And then so Rafi also gets some closure thanks to Worf leaking her classified heroics to the galaxy to the delight of her ex and son who want her to finally meet her granddaughter. Yeah, the Klingon is a big softy and he gives her a hug. And Deanna and Riker are almost ready to move on together as they plan a much needed vacation. <laughs> well, they said they want to go to where? Orlando and somewhere else? Yeah, like the moons of Rydal, whatever, and then Orlando. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think they picked Orlando. And everybody's right? like, oh, wow, wow, that's a tough choice, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and, and, Data, and she's doing it while she's giving Data one of his many counseling sessions to help him cope with his yeah. various feelings, including crying, crying over a random cat. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they jump to one year later, and the fixed up Enterprise D is in the Starfleet Museum. Uh, and they, Riker, Picard, and Jordy close the ship down. Um, and which was that was I cried at that too. And 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 I think Picard says, um, if there ever was a better evidence that the past mattered, it's right here. Yeah. Um, uh, returning to repair to new space docks, Jack is now uh, in a red Starfleet uniform, and the young ensign nervously paces the shuttle as they approach the new ship. Mm-hmm. It's the Titan, and he and Beverly wanted to had to admit to some servitude to reveal the ship has been rechristened. In honor of Admiral Picard, and I was like, "Okay, cool, it's going to be the USS Picard." No, no. that fuck called the fucking Enterprise G. I cried like a baby when I saw that. I was like, because that scene reminded me of the end of Star Trek Four. You know, and I got all the, I got hit in all the feels too, and yeah, and mind you, it might not have been your favorite ship, but at least we know that the Enterprise. Is going to continue. And, no, but uh, that's not. It's the, my problem is the Enterprise name is meant for a flagship, and this is not a flagship. Well, it is the flagship now. It is not a flagship. I, look, you cannot tell me. You throw a name on the look. The flagship is Hold always on. the biggest hey, best ship. You don't and, think what? What you don't think? You, you don't think that Starfleet put all the technology and everything into, no. into that ship? No, because that ship later, is not big enough to handle it. That a year later? Is, no, look, look, Triple D. The biggest and the best ship has always been the flagship. Has always this is this was smaller than the Intrepid that came after it. The Intrepid was bigger than than the Titan and the Neo Constitution class. This is not a flagship. This is a look. A flagship is intended to take a five year mission. This ship doesn't do that. It's a mid level exploratory ship. It is not a flagship, and that's the, that's my problem with it. So, 
Uh, it was a great scene. <laughs> no, no, look, no. I, look, don't get me wrong. Look, look it's, this has been bothering Jacob and me for I a can week tell. It's, it's stuck in your craw for a it's, week. It's stuck. We still talk. We talked about it last night. We like. I'm still mad about that because <laughs> this is not a this is not a flagship. Look, look, you had the F, which was beautiful. Like the F was there. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. How look, many... I get it. It was retiring. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing about the tie-in, though. The tie-in does hold over 432 crew members. That's that's about what a Constitution class out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's not a flagship. Listen, listen, the, listen. The, we can, the we can, we, we can, a thousand people. We can debate the points of that or whatnot, but it was a very, to me, it was a very touching scene to see that. And um, should 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 the name of the Picard probably, yeah. But you know, knowing the showrunners, knowing that they're going to do the Star Trek Legacy series, they figure you know, let's call it the G. So I understand why they did it. So, and listen, and maybe because Starfleet's gone to smaller ships now, maybe because they're not really fighting in wars anymore, maybe this is considered a flagship. We don't know. You know, so we'll uh, mm, look. No. We'll see what the Star Trek Legacy series has to say. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> so you're still you're fucking hot. I'm salty. <laughs> you're look, salty. You are so salty. I am so salty. When Look. we were messaging, you were so salty about it. I'm crying. I'm like, oh my god, it's the greatest thing ever. You're like, that oh, is BS, man. It's yeah. a flagship. Oh, yeah. it's like, oh, look, look, this is look. The fact you couldn't even give the Neo Constitution a full saucer section, you had to cut it off. That is not a flagship, sir. It is not a flagship. Like it, it's 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 a Jacob says it's a lazy design. I'm telling you directly what he said. So he he calls it a lazy design. I love the design of it. I, I think look, it's a great looking ship. It's a it's it's fine. It's fine. We I mean you had the F. You had some of these other ships in there. Look, if you'd have given an inquiry class the Enterprise G, I would have been fine with that. Okay, because that's that is a beefier, bulkier, powerful ship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'd have been I'd have been no, fine. It's not, no, it's not ambassador. It's um. Galaxy it, class. It, it, it's an inquiry class. That's what they call it. The ship from uh, the end, the ships from the end of uh, Picard season one. If you oh, give okay. them one of those ships, the Enterprise G label, I'd have been fine with that. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's their you know, as Riker says, their most powerful, bulky, you know, beefy ships. Cool. You know, I mean, I don't think they're as big as the F, but they're powerful. You know, cool. I'm I'm cool with that. This no, this it just does not. It doesn't work for me, and it doesn't. Work for me. I'm sorry. It's just that don't work for me, brother. Yeah, exactly. I'm hogan in this thing right now. You're hogan in this thing Super up right hard. now. Me, on the other hand, you know, let's see. I'm holding off whatever flagship debate to see what is going to do in the legacy series. Right. What yeah, the what the ship is capable of. Right. Which we're not quite done yet because yeah. we did see them. Jack, you know, seven kicks Jack out of the captain's chair because he comes in and we're hey. Uh, <laughs> Which again, Terry Metallus. He goes, you know, hey, you know, warp warp us to the Metallus sector, shields up, you know, and phasers ready. We don't know what we're gonna get to. Sits in the main chair and says, like, get out of the chair. Get out of the chair. Yeah. And then so we see that it's Captain Seven, first officer Rafi, and Jack is 
special consultant as an ensign to seven of nine and the third, you know, and it's a, and team. yeah. And so Rafi says, look, I'm, I'm ignoring that. I'm trying not to get mad. I'm ignoring that. But you just said, all right. Um, <laughs> they, Rafi says she found it that she find, unable to believe that Starfleet found it fit to give a thief, a pirate and a spy their own ship. Exactly. Right. Crazy. Sydney is there too. And, um, and then we see that they're getting ready to take off. Your first act, your official act of command, talking about what are they going to do? And they list the like, word. you it's know, like, punch it, engage. They, they listed everybody's thing, yeah. you know, which was super cool. And then you see them take it off. We don't hear what it says. Yeah. Um, I, oh, that's, a, that, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Yeah. Um, and then, so but there's more after that because that's not the end. No, because then we see at 10 forward, um, Beverly is toasted on blood wine. Um, Worf yeah, talks about his meditation lecture, and Riker and Troy debate their favorite vacation destinations. Data tries to tell a dirty joke after being teed up by Jordy, and Jean Luc wraps up with some Shakespeare. And then they have one more game of poker, um, and they end with an overhead shot of them playing poker. But do they, Triple D? Do they end? Oh, they don't. They it's don't. not over, baby. No, what happened? They cut back to they cut back cut back to the Enterprise G, and they go into. The uh, <laughs> I said that on purpose. Too. I know you did. You I know. So they cut back to the G, and they cut to Jack's room, and Jack's in there, and all of a sudden, guess who appears? Our man Q, John Delancey, baby. Q is back. He's alive. Yeah. Joke's on you, people. Q didn't die. And Jack's That's right. Like, Jack's like, my father warned me about you, but I thought you died. And he goes, the trials, it goes, oh, the trial's over with Jean-Luc, but it's beginning with you now. Mm -hmm. So yeah. the trial never ends. <laughs> right. And I mean, so here, in case for those, we, we've kind of talked about this for a little bit, but one of the other things we wanted to talk about um, before this had come out, we had mentioned it a little bit, but there is Metallus had been hinting hard that they wanted a spinoff from this, calling it Star Trek Legacy. Mm -hmm. Um, um, and so he's even laid out, according to SFX magazine, how it would work with the pretty full and expensive Star Trek slate for Paramount Plus. Um, and he says this these shows are expensive to make. They currently have two shows with Strange New Worlds and Starfleet Academy, uh, and I think Paramount would have to financially justify a third one. I think the way they can look at it is we're well stocked. So unless fans can convince them otherwise, that's certainly the point of view at the moment. Uh, and Metallus also told Cinema Blend about how the head of Star Trek for Paramount has a plan for the franchise. I think Alex Kirschman has a plan for the Star Trek universe, and I think he still has to figure out how all these things play out, right? I don't think he wants to rush into anything. He's got two great live-action shows happening right now, mm -hmm. Strange New Worlds and Starfleet Academy, and the Section 31 movie. So, you know, they're pretty well stocked. At the same time, I think there's demand for this. I would say the well, fans should have to be loud about it. Now, Kurtzman isn't rushing into Legacy, but he is listening. Let me get you this um, thing. So, the other story we're going to tie into this, you hear, like, listening to fans and everything like that. Star Trek Legacy fan petition passes the one preceding Strange New Worlds. So on um, Monday they had uh, 
So as of this, this article was released today. So as of today, um, or so what does it say here? On Monday, we post an update with comments from executive producer Alex Kurtman and Terry Metalis explaining a Picard spinoff isn't currently in active development, but the two have been talking about it as well as fans' reaction to season three. At the time, a petition calling for a legacy had just been over 27,000 signatures. Just two days later, that number is approaching 32,000, surpassing the 2019 petition that called for more Captain Pike from the USS Enterprise mm-hmm. and gained traction for the se- from the second season of Discovery. Lat- uh, later that year, Pike, Spock, Uhura, and Enterprise appeared in short tracks, and in 2020, The Strange New World was officially announced. Um, so, mm-hmm. if you want to see Legacy... And by the way, Kurtzman acknowledged fans calling for the show with similar language in recent comments about hearing the fans loud and clear regarding legacy. Um, there's there has been uh, fan art and spinoffs, posters, and all kinds of things like that um, from it. But right now, if you want, you can look up Star Trek Legacy, uh, you know, petition. Let me see if they have it listed here. Because right now they don't have it listed for anywhere I can see. Um, but there is a petition. Um, let me see if I can find it. Okay, if you go to change.org. Okay. And it says, make Star Trek Legacy with Terry Metalis as showrunner. Right now, 33,106 have signed. And their goal is to get to 35 signatures. Uh, 35,000 signatures. 35, I'm signing right now. I'm so here, yeah. Watch if you want to. And look, I'm not saying I don't like the Titan, I just don't like the Enterprise G. So <laughs> if you want to see more Titan, look, I look, I'm I'm signing because I want to see more of the Titan <laughs> and the crew of the. <laughs> and I'm going to sign this position. So, oh, man, you. and then you can chip in if you want to help with that. Uh, yeah, no, I'll share it instead. No, I, they're going to get well over probably 100,000 signatures on this mm-hmm. easily. So, because um, I mean, this that season three of Picard was done so well with the with the actors and the actresses. That you have to do this. I mean, this the series is so hot right now mm-hmm. that you have to do the spinoff. At least, at least now, say, listen, we're going to put it into production. Yeah, maybe not this year, but maybe next year we're going to start doing this. Yeah, and that's really what they need to start doing because you need to capitalize on this. This can be a big time thing. So you know yeah. and. Your discovery is going to be gone, Mm -hmm. and you at least want to have three live action series. Why not be? Well, why not have four? Why not? Well, I think it's. I think it goes back to the cost. You know, I I, I understand the cost, but here's the thing: you run Legacy. That I think that will get into the top ten of streaming service of, of of stuff. Because if you bring that back, and not only you do Legacy, but you bring back a lot of the Deep Space Nine characters and the Voyager characters, you're going to have a hit. 
Well, yeah, because you're, and I mean, but then you and you introduce new characters, so it's a it's a melding of the old and the new. I think yes. that's what we liked about Picard is we got introduced to some new characters, but we also had the nostalgia for the old. I mean, I popped when Tuvok showed up both times. Oh, I popped you know? too. You know, I mean, that was that was super cool. Yeah. Um, and the idea of the changelings and the Borg. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and like you said, let's go visit Deep Space Nine and let's go visit some of these other places. Which, by the yeah, way, let's go visit Deep Space Nine, where where all of a sudden comics, Benjamin Cisco is back. In the comics, they do that. Cisco yeah. goes back to Deep Space Nine in the comics. Um, we, uh, we, that was a story I skipped uh, earlier. We, we see, we see, Karen Reese, not a visitor. We see mm-hmm. Quark is still running Quark's bar there. On on D Space Nine, and yeah. then we go. You have Harry Kim. Does Harry Kim finally get the promotion? <laughs> no. And no, he's he still Ensign Junior Grade. Yeah. Tom Paris, Harry Kim, Admiral Janeway. Yeah. What's that relationship between Janeway and Seven going, going to be? You bring in Robert Beltran in, Chakotay, mm-hmm. which I'm sure he probably for something like this, you know, with Metallus running, with Metallus paying. So much, you know, respect to to the old. I, I think I think Beltran would do this, you know. If to, if if you know, because the way Metallus handled everything, the way he paid respect to everybody and everything, I think he could convince our Beltran to come on board and do this. Mm-hmm. Well, he said he wanted to do it in season two, but yeah. well, he thought season three was season two. And but he didn't like the um, you know the uh, fascist setup, which indicates a season two. Um, you know, like I said, he he was probably obviously confused, but yeah. um, still, I can understand that. But I'm he he I mean he is uh, on board with um, Prodigy. You know, he's yeah. lending his yeah, voice yeah, to he, that. He, he's he's on board with Prodigy. So so why not do that? Where I'm sure by now he's either an admiral or he's like a, a commodore of some sort. Right. You know, so you have that. Di- I mean, there's just so much. And it, guess what? There's just, there's just so much that, that, that they can do with legacy where they can honor <coughs> the past, you know, where they can honor D space nine and Voyager. Mm. And I do. It. And to me, nostalgia is money. And, these characters, you know, like Sydney LaForge, you know, Raffi, Jack, Crusher, they've become, you know, they've become part of Star Trek now. And the fans love these characters. So, and then on top of it, you, you can always bring in Patrick Stewart to do a guest starring role. You can bring in LeVar Burn to do guest starring, Brett Spiner, and you can bring them in to do guest starring roles, which would be awesome. So, Let's, you know, let's do this, you know, because right now Star Trek is hot. If they're not going to do Star Trek four, you know, the Calvin timeline universe, then let's put the money into this. You know, so I don't know. That's yeah. that's, that's my opinion, John. Yeah. No, I, and I mean, I can see that. I, I don't disagree with that. You know, would I rather have, look, let's be, if I'm 100% honest, I would rather have legacy over our Wood Academy. Yeah, especially if they're going to do it in the 32nd century. I'm so just doing Academy in the 32nd century. 
I mean, because they said the the synopsis, even though they haven't said when, this is the first time that Academy's been open in over a hundred years. Yeah, and so to me that indicates post burn thirty second century. Yeah, so so basically this is so this is the Discovery spinoff then. Right, and you know, honestly, if I'm a hundred percent honest, the the thing I want to see more is Legacy over Academy, and so I would be okay if we were like. Eh, Okay, season one of Academy, it was okay. Let's just go legacy. Let's just you know roll that way. If they're in this cost cutting measure, look, don't get me wrong. Did I like it when they had five shows in production and it was super cool? Yeah, it was great. Obviously, Paramount has to to make money at the end of the day too, and they're going, yeah. well, we can't do we can't do three live production shows. You know, one of them's got to go. Um, and I think we're seeing that, you know, with the pairing down of Picard with, with Discovery being in its last season. Um, and instead of replacing, we just have a cat Star Trek Academy and Strange New Worlds as our shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think personally that if, if I if they weren't already uber committed to Academy, I would go the legacy route personally. To me, that's a more interesting it, how committed aspect. are they to it though? Well, they're already started. It's going to go in production next year. So to they, me, that's that's pretty... Uh, plans are subject to change. Star Trek IV was supposed to go into production too last year. I, I guess. You know, but listen, anything can change on on a whim. Me, sure. personally, I'd like to see both of them be, be, be developed. To me, right. if I was Paramount, I'd be like, listen, we'll do season one of both of them, and we'll see which one gets the most, and then we'll go on from there. Why not let the fans decide? Look, Great whole series. I, th- I think I think because we know that the fans would absolutely crush Academy with Legacy. Yeah. Well, okay, but you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sell Academy short though. To play devil's advocate, I'm not gonna sell Academy short. With with the way the writers have been writing, Academy could be really could be really good too. But you're right. If they put it head to head against Legacy, where they bring in those nostalgic characters and the way they did it, the way Metallus did it in season three of Picard, uh, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Actually, it's not going to be tough. Legacy will win out. Actually, Legacy could be a bigger series than Strange New Worlds, for God's sakes. Mm hmm. So, I, I don't know. Yeah. Look. I mean, listen, it's on Kristen's radar. Kristen said, listen, mm-hmm. I'm hearing you guys loud and clear. And they've got, you know, Terry Metallus and probably other showrunners that are like, let's, let's do this. So, I don't know. You know, it's, it's going to be tough. You know, I, I like to see Academy, but if Academy says if Academy gets the axe and they say, listen, you know, we're going to do Legacy instead and revisit Academy later on down the road, I won't be sad about that. You know, but also, yeah. too, Picard is still fresh in our minds. We haven't seen season five of Discovery yet. True. Of what, what season five is going to bring to Academy. Maybe season five of Discovery is just as great as Picard. And it's going to continue on. It's going to be the spinoff of season of what season five was about, what Academy is going to be about. 
So, you know, let's – to me, I understand why Chris was like, I hear you guys loud and clear, and he hasn't made a decision yet. So, and they might make a decision where they produce both shows because maybe Paramount's like, there's so much clamor for both of these, we can make the money on the advertising dollars on both of these shows and sell more subscriptions that way. Mm-hmm. So, it – I'm going to hold off on, on, on everything until season five of discovery. That's going to be to me, that's, that's going to be the barometer for everything. Mm. And unfortunately, season five isn't going to be until when it's not going to be until later on. Correct. Uh, it's, yeah, it's not going to be until 2024. So, If that petition reaches over like 200,000 signatures or quarter million signatures, Academy's going bye-bye. You think? I think so. Imagine you have... Mm. So it's a quarter million people that signed the signature. The all-watch legacy. Quarter million people watching at times how many minutes? It's a lot of minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other people to have it that didn't sign the petition, let's say that's another 300,000 to 350,000. That's a lot of minutes. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of minutes. Yeah. No, then, I don't disagree. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And then, and, 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 and then after that, the posting, the, the saying, you know, check this out, check this out. It could get up to a million people or 2 million people watching it. On, on on the streaming service, because then because then you rope in all the Voyager and Deep Space Nine fans, mm-hmm. you bring them back to the table because you bring in those nostalgic characters because you had all the next gen people with this season of Picard. You know, just remember that that when Next Gen debuted, it got a th- it got a thirty point two in the rating. Mm-hmm. And that was back in 1989. And it wasn't affiliated with any network either. And it got that rating. You know, it's... You tell the story. You tell a good story. You advertise it properly. People people are going to watch it. Mm-hmm. So I think if if it gets that many signatures... You know, the curtain's going to be like, okay, that's just 250,000 people that just know about this. Mm-hmm. Imagine the other, you know, 1. you know, 8 million people that, that, because I'm sure, I'm sure they have over two or 3 million people subscribed to the streaming service. Yeah. They have to, to, to make, to make that's, money. That's, that seems to be about the number that everybody seems to, yeah, to say that they have. Yeah. So you release legacy. And you get back some of those. I see you sent me an attachment. I can't wait to see it. And you bring back some of those jaded Star Trek fans. You know, yeah. guys like Admiral Stevie Richards, which God bless him. I'm glad to see that he's doing well. Yes. Stevie doesn't watch Modern Trek because he's yeah. not, because he's pissed off. He watched Discovery and he wasn't happy with how Discovery was. But I'm sure if he watched season three of Picard, I'm sure he'd be like, you know what? This is good. 
you know, because because they're not ramming any type of stuff down your throat. They're basically telling a story. So, and if they do that same thing with Legacy, the same premises of how they did in season three of Picard, and they have Legacy like that, mm-hmm. you're going to bring back those old Star Trek fans. And that's a big, big share to bring in. Yeah. So, that's what I say, man. You know. Yeah. And uh, my mother is angry at me because I made an executive decision <laughs> about the story. She is pissed. Uh oh. She is pissed. Uh oh. Uh oh. Hold on. I tell her, like, not those muffins. <laughs> <laughs> she she texts me a picture of, of the muffins that I made today. I'm like, not those muffins, fool. The ones that are the ones that are up front. Got, you know. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, That's the funny. ones up front. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, so yeah, that's uh I probably should have labeled that <laughs> new muffins do not throw out. <laughs> but um so yeah. So that's what that's what I believe. You know, because there's so much buzz surrounding season three of Picard and the buzz of Strange New Worlds. Mm. So what do you think, John? I mean, do you I mean do you do you think I'm off base on this or do you think I'm or do you think I'm just or do you think I'm just kinda living in the clouds and unicorn and dreams here with it. Well, I, I think there's a part of that that, I mean, because at the end of the day, you and I are fans. Yeah, we are. We are fans. optimistic of like, oh, well, we could do that. They, I mean, they tried the five shows and obviously didn't work, so they're pairing now. You know, and so I think I don't disagree with you that Legacy would crush Academy if you did the petition and you got 25,000 people, but at the same time too, I think you can't just base everything off of, I mean, yes. Did Paramount plus build everything off Star Trek as a tent post? Yes. But we also see now that things in the shared inverse are going to be way more profitable for them because they are easier to make. They're cheaper to make and they're getting ratings. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, we saw that, you know, as they said in that article two weeks before Star Trek, 1923 was in that top, you know, top 10. And it was number yeah. six, you know, with 550 uh, million minutes watched. So <clears throat> to me, you know, and, you know, as you said, you know, I said Tulsa Kings is great. Another Sheridan, you know, show. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have 1883 and then 1923. Then you have Yellowstone itself, which the replays are on Paramount Plus. You can watch it there, too. So, I mean, it's not like there isn't a ton of stuff there that you can watch. Then all the other shows that are on there that you can watch CBS shows on this. So I think because Star Trek is a division unto Paramount Plus and they don't have an unlimited budget, I I think that I could – look, could I see that idea? But I think there's already money invested in the Academy show. So no matter what, it's going forward. Okay. As much as you and I want to see legacy, 
and we want it to be the next follow-up show, I don't disagree with you that we have to see how Discovery and, and Academy work out. But I think if we do get Legacy, it could be three years down the road. You know, I like I really do because here's the thing: production for Academy starts next year, Discovery ends next year, so that means at least 2025 Academy comes out, and then depending on how it goes, is when we would get production or whatever for Legacy. But but yeah. but do you think though the 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 insatiable appetite for Legacy would? would uh, die down by then instead of striking mm. when the iron's hot? No. Look, I, look, as much as I want to agree with that, this is I one know, of those... Yeah. Look, I, look, the, 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 the business practical part of me is saying no. That, you know, with the fact that Metallus has already said we're not rushing into anything, the fact that Kurtzman has said that, Mm-hmm. Um, to me indicates that they are going to let what they have laid out go before they continue to pursue that route. Now, it may be, it may be that they go, okay, Academy has started. We're not seeing the returns. Let's announce Legacy and let's get it going. Mm-hmm. Because let's think about this. Rafi, not going anywhere. No. She's not really on any other shows. Jerry Ryan is not really on any other mm-hmm. shows. Um Jack is not really on any other shows. Um, the character who plays Sydney LaForge, not really on any other shows. Everybody else can come and go as they please as cameos. So right now you have four people that are confirmed that could be on the show as your captain and first officer and Jack. Unless and, they get casted. Unless yeah. Sydney gets casted somewhere else. But yeah, you're right, yeah. I see, you know, they're you know, they're not like in high de- they're not really in high demand for like Big time series, unlike Michelle Yeoh. Like, yes, should they yeah. have? Struck I mean, with the yeah, with you, you have to. Yeah, with Michelle, you have to do it like as soon as possible before she gets. And that was the problem; they didn't, and now yeah. they're in production hell, and that's why they decided to go the TV movie route. Yeah, they should have really. The minute she went through the the the, the Guardian of Forever, they should have started on a section. 31. They should have had something already prepared exactly. before they got to that point. Yeah, they, they, so they, should that, have, they should have known. Listen, the fans want a Section Thirty One show. We have Michelle Yeoh, who's fucking excellent as Giorgio. You know, what as I mean? Giorgio. So let's do this as quickly as we can before she gets, you know, snapped up. And she got and Marvel snapped her up, and then that was it. And then it was like to the races for her. Right. And Paramount, Paramount said they're holding the bag, being like, "What the hell just happened?" Right. Yeah, and I mean yeah. that, but that—that's the. I think that's the thing that that you know Paramount's trying to learn from. At the same time, it's like, okay, well, we can build off because you have Seven of Nine, who's a legacy character. You have Rafi, who's come to that bridge because not a legacy character, but she was in the new Trek. Yeah, Seven of Nine was in you know a legacy character. You have Jack, who's like completely new, and yeah. Sydney. So you have all that going right there, and then you can go from there. So I, I think that's the difference between Giorgio. It's like, okay, how do we tie in Giorgio to Section 31? Because when she went back in time, there was, she wasn't involved with Section 31. You know, she – oh, no, she was. My bad. 
Um, in season two, she was a part of Section Thirty One. She worked with uh, what's his name? Yeah. Kovic. Well, no, because Kovic was in the future. The oh, other sorry. guy. The, oh, um. Got the eye thingy. Yeah. Oh God, that was. Yeah, that was awful. That was awful. I couldn't watch that. I had to like put my head down and go. Tell me when it's over. Yeah. Um, thank you. Uh, all done. Um, so yeah, I, I, to me, I think um, that is the difference. Is is like eh, this is still a new thing. We don't know what to, where to go with it. You 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 should have like that was already established that Giorgio has was proven to be Section a character. Well, no, a character in general that was people were clamoring for. Yeah, that they wanted and that they loved. And so you you needed to spin off a show with her and have that prepared, and they just didn't do it. And I think. I think a lot of it is too that you know Paramount Plus is still a new network. It's a network, for lack of a better phrase, and it's still new. So, trying to think of these things and come up with these things and figuring out the direction. Sometimes you know they came out of the gate hot. They were they were they were having to hit the floor running, you know, yeah. with Discovery and some of these other things to establish the streaming platform. And now they have the they're settled. They know where they're at. They know where their what their budget is. They know their their viewership and everything along those lines. So now it's like we need to take a step back and breathe, and let's not make such quick rash decisions. Let's really stop and think about how we're going to tell these stories. I mean, we saw that last year when they announced that look, everybody is going to have a ten episode season for Star Trek. If you yeah. have Star Trek in your name, you are going to have ten episodes. Ten episodes. Why? That's a cost cutting measure. That's a mm-hmm. production measure. So that everybody knows you have 10 hours to tell a story or however long. Lower yeah. Decks is 30 minutes. You have also too also that it cuts down on you know like the middle episodes where there's so much filler and it just gets too long. Which we found you know, out in Picard season yeah, two. Like, still, like, they still had that, but yeah, I mean know. like well, I understand they still have that, but yeah, not like how it was with Discovery when they had like the 24 season episode. You're watching like, oh my god, man, it's yeah. just like it's, it's, Some it's, of it was a dra- was a drag. It's a drag, yeah. you know. It's it's different. It's different if it's thirty minutes, because then th- thirty minutes, it's a shorter time. So you so you can do a twenty four season episode if you have thirty minute shows. But when it's an hour long, yeah, damn man, that's a lot of TV to watch. If you can't like my thought is if you can't tell it in ten, you can't tell it in twenty-four. God no. Yeah, you know, same same idea with, with wrestling matches, you know. Every every now and then, every very rarely should you have a match that goes thirty minutes plus. You know. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, you, you should be able to tell your story between ten and fifteen minutes. Exactly. In the ring. You know, if you're gonna tell a good story. Every now and then, it's warranted to have a match that can go longer, for you know, for various reasons. But that shouldn't be like thirty minutes, the sixty minutes. Let's go. No, yeah, I, it, I, I, I don't know how people sat and watched a sixty-minute Broadway back in the day. Those well, guys could really tell a story. Well, yeah, because it's Flair. Flair, Flair knew how to tell a story. He knew Flair what was going on. The Briscoes and those guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they knew how to tell a story in the ring and make things look legit and real. Whereas, so I think that's where where this is we're at right now is Kurtzman is having to go. We need to take a breath. We need to figure out our plan accordingly. We now know that we have, if we're going to give something to someone and it has Star Trek in the name, they have ten episodes to tell that story, and they need to tell it well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that forces you to go, I have 10 episodes to tell a story and tell it well. You know, and, and I mean, okay, I'm given about an hour for each episode. So let me do that job. Let me tell that story. Let me figure out how I'm going to go about doing it. Let me storyboard this. And I think that's where last year we, you know, I think Picard was the first to suffer from that. That's why we had the lull in the middle of the season because they were still trying to figure out how to tell a 10 episode story. Yeah. And then you had strange new worlds who were, they didn't have the format before where we didn't have no. 10 episodes and they are like, you got, you start with 10 episodes. Okay, cool. They knew how to handle it. And so they did it accordingly. And mm-hmm. so they were able to do that. And then I think with this season, we see with Picard, the showrunners and everybody had a better idea of how to tell a 10 episode story because I would say the only filler episode was episode four, and even episode four was a damn good episode. Which was episode four? Which was which one? That was the one where they ended with the jellyfish, you know, um, in the nebula. Did you they call were, that a filler episode? That's, I mean, Raffi oh, and Worf. I don't know about that. That was a, that look, was a great episode. Raffi and Worf were not introduced at all. They were mostly on the ship the whole time. Okay. Um, and it ended, and they were trying to figure out how to restart the ship, and, you know, they did all that. So I would say, and that's what I'm saying. I hear people saying that was a filler episode and I'm going, that was a damn good episode. Yeah. That was was a a really good episode. You know, it really was because you built character and you showed, you know, you know, all these things. And so I, to me, I, I don't see that. But if you're going to call that a filler episode, probably the best filler episode ever created. (laughs) I've ever seen. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is we, you know, lower decks, they figured out, I and mean, of course, theirs is a little bit easier because yeah, they're because yeah, they're because they're because they're animated. They're animated, and they're telling thirty-minute stories and having fun with it and poking the fun at Picard. Mm-hmm. I think Discovery, same thing. You started off with we had so many episodes, and then we're at season ten, which last year I think was their first foray into the ten episode season, and we saw the struggle. Oh yeah, <laughs> with that. Oh and, gosh, but like- but. But we're we're from what we're hearing, this last season is super good, and they figured it out. So you know, and they're we're doing just the whole... suck because they're like, "Oh man, this is really good." Now it's over. Damn. But I mean, Discovery has, and it was, and it always has, and will be the divisive Star Trek yes. series because it's the first one to be redone after twenty years, right? Yes. I mean, after. You know, Enterprise. It's, it was like 15, what, 20 years since Enterprise um, was on the air. This show, and no matter what, it was going to be heavily criticized. But it paved the way for everything else. It did pave the way for everything. So, if anything, you have to tip your hat to them and how they had to figure everything out and get it on the run. And then Kurtzman got it into this formula. Ten episode seasons. Good storytelling moving forward. And no matter what, Discovery was always going to have that stigma of criticism on it. Whereas now, if even if it goes away, we can at least acknowledge it for what it was, and then we can go, you know what, that was fine for what it was, and look at what it gave us. Yeah, you know, you have to you have to walk before you can run, and I feel like Discovery was the way to figure out formats and episodes and storytelling. To get us to where we're at now, it's taken mm-hmm. five plus years to get there. But you know, 
it's got like remember Kurtzman had said he had enough for like seven or eight or ten seasons of yeah. discovery. But I think you also recognize the fact that look, we had a lot that we had to figure out. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the first Star Trek show in production for you know twenty yeah. plus years, and it was always going to be divisive. It was always going to be criticized, no matter what. So if we move that forward, then we can just focus on Trek. Something had to be the sacrificial lamb, and that was a and that was it. You know, and you and I have agreed that you know there have been times where it's been like, eh, it's not the greatest Trek, but it's Trek. It's fine. It's Trek, yeah. We love Trek, and yeah. I think you and I at the end of the day are going to be like. Was it the best Trek ever? No, but no. did it look what it gave us and look what it prepared us for, for the, what we eventually would see as the Trek resurgence? Exactly. You know, um, so I think honestly, at the end of the day, Triple D, I, I think we're passionate fans of Trek. I think Metallus and Kurtzman and all those guys, they are passionate fans of Trek, but they also have to work within a constriction yeah. of budget and they want. They want the best Trek out there for us. And mm-hmm. so at this point, I feel like if this is the route they want to go with Academy and Strange New World and the TV movie for Section 31, I'm going to trust them on it. I'm going to give them that go. Yes. And, you know, money's already invested. And I, I would, I'm fine with that. I'll give it a try. To me, it sounds like the CW in space with the Academy, you know, teeny bopper, whatever kind of thing. Am I gonna like that? No, but am I? If they do it more of like in Star Trek in the first in the O nine movie with 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 Chris Pine, if they do it as an Academy show, kind of like that, I think I would be fun. I know? think I think they're. I, that's my hope is that they do something. I trust like that. them. Yeah, you know? I said before. Look, uh, if it's Metallus or Kurtzman or the or Goldsman from Strange New Worlds. I give them a little bit more leeway than if it's the showrunners from Discovery. If it's the mm-hmm. showrunners from Discovery, I'm going to be a little bit more hesitant. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a try. Yeah, but I'm going to be, but I'm going to be honest too, and I'm going to be a little bit more like, okay, show me what you got. Let me see what exactly. we have here. Then if it was Metallus or and Kurtzman, I'm like, yeah, no, y'all, y'all have warranted enough goodwill. Mm. Go for it. See what you got. You know. Oof. Well, all right, John. Let's uh. Man, we have given them quite a bit. So, <laughs> so let's give them our final grades. Obviously, you know my grade. <clears throat> All right. Do you want to do it like nine and ten together? Do you want to talk about nine and then ten? How do you want to do it? We'll do nine and ten together. Okay. All because, right. So look, because, looking because at actually, it, from actually, a full day. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go to Syracuse and probably like in like ten minutes. So, okay. that's why, you know, so episodes nine and ten for me for my grades. A plus. A plus. A plus plus. A plus plus. A plus plus plus. For the entire season, A plus. It's yes. Tr- tremendous. Yes. I mean, tremendous. I think I think if I'm going to go, I'm going to go A plus for nine, 10 A plus plus. Like mm-hmm. that was the way to end a series. That was the way to end a show. And just very well done. Season wise, it was an A plus as well. Yeah. You know, it, but it, I mean, it's. Honestly, I feel like um, I feel like that um, I feel like season 10, I mean, episode 10 is the episode. Like, it is the episode that just made everything worth it. 
It really yeah. was. It, it was, you know, you had everything in it. It was told well. And then, um, you, you know, and the, it had everything. It had all the feels, the ups, the downs, the, the laughs, the cries, mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I guarantee you this, this, look, this is going to be in the top five of Star Trek episodes of all time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it is it above uh, in the pale moonlight? Mm, maybe not. Mm. Uh, maybe that's what we talk about next time. We take yeah. we rank our top five episodes, including now with Picard. Um, mm, that might be a fun one. Um, fun. You know, but I, I would say a plus for the entire series. Nine gets an A. Ten gets bonus points because it was just so well done. Um, Ten was. Um... Episode 10 was basically after 35 years of what ifs with Next Generation, the fans can be like, mm-hmm. done. And how apropos that it, at the beginning of the episode, John Luke says, after 35 years, this ends tonight. Mm-hmm. And I think it was very, it was a very apropos line very apropos. for what was, was, was going to happen. And so. nobody died. Everyone survived, <laughs> which is good. So yeah. now. Fans are like, okay, good. Although, F in the chat for Admiral Shelby. Not really. I never liked Shelby. Shelby. She was kind of a prick. Um, Is coming in trying to take my boy Riker down like that. He was. He was. Girl, please. Uh, Anyway. So, John, that was a hell of a series. What? And, I mean, just what a great send off. Mm hmm. Kudos to everybody in Paramount Plus. Looking forward to Strange New Worlds coming up in June. And on that note, John, we've given them two hours and 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Holy cow, man. But we still have the best part of the show. Track racks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, James, our third silent member of the show here, uh, mm-hmm. if you will play this week's Trek Wreck music right now. And... Yeah, because I did red, I did red bubble last time. Yes. So uh, I've been on a merch kick lately. I've been wanting to like see what's out there to get stuff that's reasonable because of especially after this last show. Um, I found a website where you can get some really unique, very cool things, um, and it's called JustGeek.com. Okay. And if yep. you go to their collections page and click on um, Star Trek, then you can find like the remember the Tubies. Uh, cosplay ducks. Yeah, um, they have the data duck. They have the Klingon uh, duck. They have the Con duck. They have the Scotty with Tribbles duck. Um, they have a Q duck. They have a Deanna duck. And then uh, they also have um, Star Trek uh, because this is what I was really looking for. Uh, the ugly Christmas sweater jumper. Uh, <laughs> they have one that's red that has, uh, it says, Be Me Up Santa um, with Kirk and Spock on there. And then they have a yellow engineering 
uh, security jumper, and then a blue medical science one as well. As well as other things, they have really cool pins. They have some uh, Super 7 reaction figures. They have um, they have what they call a cause cup, which is a cosplay cup. They have <laughs> Worf, Deanna, and Jordy. They have a Enterprise D countdown uh, character where you build like it's like an advent calendar mm-hmm. where you end up eventually building the Enterprise D. Um, and then they have a board cosplay cup and a Q cosplay cup. Then they have uh, gaming lockers, uh, a red command, uh, yellow engineering slash security and blue um, mm. slash side. It's a really neat website. There's 28 products right now that are on this page. And I'm sure things come and go. The Q Indiana Troy uh, ducks are limited stock as well as the yellow and blue Christmas jumpers. But it's a really cool site. They have all kinds of different categories as well. You can look a pair, you can look by Christmas apparel, you can look by uh, you know anime, you can look by all kinds of collections uh, in there. So um, they've got everything basically. They, they, they really do. Um, you can get stuff you know Apex Legends, Atari, um, like all kinds of stuff, Batman. Back to the Future, nice. You name it, they've got it, and it's a it's a really cool geek kind of thing. That's why it's called Just Geek. Just so geek. go check it out. Um, they have some really unique and interesting um, merch for everybody. Yes, they do. So, um, and then of course, uh, last but not least, if you want to find me on the internets, you can always well, wait, go... wait, 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 wait. We Ooh. gotta we Ooh. gotta do our shtick, man. We're where I go, okay, John. Okay, right, that's uh, that's my our bad. track record. You try to get ahead of yourself. I'm man. trying to streamline things. I know, I, I see know. that. So it's... listen, where can all the legacy Star Trek legacy fanatics, where can they find you on the interwebs? <sighs> well, uh, see now I'm 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 gonna do my old man work. Yeah, you're gonna fall asleep now. Yeah. Uh, that. Let me go see who that is because someone oh, should not man, be ringing my the spot right now. All right, you do your thing and I'll come back. All right, so listen. To all you Star Trek Legacy fanatics, Star Trek fans, you can find me at Demetrius Zerdos at Demetrius9778 on Instagram because I love Instagram, I guess, because I, I got more followers than people I follow. So kind of a big deal on Instagram, even though I, I post nothing on there. Um, Facebook, Demetrius Zerdos on Facebook, Twitter, all that crap. Uh, Dippin' Donuts, my business. Find it on Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Pictures of donuts, everything that we make. Uh, the great Ben Hameen runs my social media page. So go follow it and uh, check it out. And I think that's it for me. And John is back. Hey, I got to go. I have, I have a meeting. I forgot that. I need a meeting at 530. Oh, so, yeah. so John's got to meet. I'm going to so, go. So, John, um, John will give you the plugs <laughs> later on. But, guys, we'll, we'll catch you next week. Love you. Peace out. Have fun. And uh, live long and prosper. And, John, take us out, John. I love you, brother. Mm-hmm.